Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, and on the program with me today, I've got Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy. We've got a fun show planned for you. Danny Skutak will be in our studio coming up at 3.30. We've got our birthdays in sports. We'll have a nightly TV guide. It's Wacky Wednesday. We'll have a fun twist coming your way at 5 o'clock, and Brooks Childress will join the show. So uh, that is many of the things that you have to look forward to on today's program. Again, J.J. Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy. First time we've got Ryan here on the show with us today. Ryan, hope you're doing well, and it's also the first time you've been able to uh, speak to the Sports Call Auburn listeners since the Tigers of Auburn are headed to Omaha for the College World Series. The team left Auburn today at 1 o'clock. They got to be back in town for all of 15 hours, 15 total hours, and now they're heading to play in the College World Series. So good to see you, my friend, and man, I'm glad we get to do this sports talk show thing again together. Yeah, absolutely, Um, and and glad to continue to get talked about Auburn baseball as they uh, another impressive feat to make the College World Series to beat uh, number three Oregon State and um, you, you know they it was a quality series throughout all the games were competitive all the games really came down to the last inning or two the result was still uh, in doubt and uh, really impressive for Auburn to be able to again make a second College World Series in what four years and and to again do it with not uh, being able to host Super Regional to do it on someone else's home field against a good team Uh, I'm sure I don't know if anyone talked about the last couple days I'm sure a lot of people were uh, frustrated to hear all the uh, amount of Oregon State uh, love that was kind of given the broadcast booth and that sort of thing over over those few days but uh, that doesn't happen without Oregon State having a very uh, historic program here, especially the last 20 years or so, as, as everyone I got to hear. Um, so it was good to silence that and good to uh, advance on. There's some parallels with what Auburn's going to be doing in the College World Series this time around. Compared to last time around, they played a Mississippi school from the SEC in their first game uh, four years ago. It was against Mississippi State, and now they're going to play Ole Miss in the uh, first game uh, of this year. And, and that will be uh, – obviously, any any team that's advanced this far uh, will be obviously quite the challenge. Ole Miss is a fascinating team because they were – Number one in the country when Auburn played them uh, earlier this season, and, and Auburn won one out of three, but uh, all those games were not competitive. Auburn blew out Ole Miss once, Ole Miss blew out Auburn twice. Uh, and then it went all downhill from there for Ole Miss, and they became the last team into the NCAA tournament, the very last team in. And so now here they are having advanced, obviously, the College World Series. So that'll be a fascinating matchup, but, but overall, just really excited. 
uh, for Auburn to to be able to continue to advance to play their base, best baseball here of the season when they had to have it. And, uh, yeah, no, very exciting to be back on the show. Tom, how are you today? I am happy to be somewhere that has air conditioning because it's too dang hot outside. Oh my right gosh, now. is it? I, I'm told for for anybody that when it gets wintertime, you know, in January or February when we have maybe a day or two where it's actually cold and people complain about it, you need to go outside right now, take in the deepest breath of that muggy, swampy air, and run about a hundred feet. And yeah. and I don't think then you would ever want to complain about a day of a little bit of cold weather because I mean it is just miserable. No hot kidding outside. So, uh, but no, other than that, um, it, so happy about Auburn baseball and uh, making it to the World Series. Uh, two appearances in the last three World Series for for Butch Thompson. No kidding. Yeah, that, that is that's incredible. How many so, times can I say no kidding? But yeah, I mean they didn't yeah. have the event in, in 2020, and so having gone in 2019, here we are once again. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean it's just uh, it's an incredible feat. Uh, a team that was picked last in the SEC West has now made it to the World Series, and and, and crazy enough, the team that was fit, that was picked second to last in in the SEC West is also in the World Series, <laughs> in Texas A and M. So uh, yeah, the uh, prediction guys got that one a little bit wrong, but uh, you know, uh, hopefully things fare better for Auburn this time around in the World Series, and uh, I I like the mentality that Butch Thompson. Uh, has with this and it's the whole idea of, of we're going to win a night we are going there with the idea of winning the national championship yeah just getting there is no longer suffice for this program we've already been there we, we've already been there so we've already climbed that mountain and now it's title time so just getting to the world series is, is not a goal anymore uh it's to win a title and i like that mentality and um uh, you know, hopefully they get, they run with it. So looking forward to looking forward to seeing how Auburn does with that. And then uh, as far as the show goes, man, I, I'm super excited of, of getting Danny Skutak in here uh, as a guest at 3:30. Yeah. I appreciate you efforting that. It's going to be fun to get him in here in yeah. studio. Well, hear some it, stories. It, it's a guy that uh, it's a guy that I had heard coming through my days. So I came to Auburn in 1998, and uh, through a lot of my interactions with various people, I always heard about this guy. He this legendary figure in Auburn, Alabama that was a former football player and tough man competitor. Um, I always just heard, everybody just referred to him as Skutak. And I heard all these people just all sorts of talking about Skutak, this guy named Skutak, and I never had met him. And now I actually get a chance to work with him. And so, um, yeah, I definitely jumped on the opportunity. I was like, hey, bud, you need to come in the studio because that man there, I, I just know there's so many people out there that would love to hear Danny Skutak because, like I said, he he is a he's an Auburn legend. I mean he he had a he had a good football career at Auburn. He was um, you know Pat Dye's first really big time linebacker that they had yeah. um, was all SEC in 1981. But uh, you know he he kind of made a name for himself uh, in other ways just in the community uh, through staying here and through, right. his, through his life and uh, of course from Opelika so he's a local guy but yeah I mean just an absolute local legend and it's going to be really cool getting him getting him in here and letting him tell some stories before we get there before we take our first break of today's show let's celebrate our birthdays in sports 
It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here on June 15th, 2022. Michael Doliak is turning 45, a former NBA power forward. Drafted 12th overall in 1998 by the Orlando Magic. Played 20 NBA seasons from 88 to 08. He's a 2006 NBA champion with the Miami Heat. Michael Doliak turns 45. John Brisker, his birthday today. From 1947 to 1978, aged at 30, a former NBA guard. Played six seasons in the NBA as a member of the Pittsburgh Pipers, Condors, and Seattle Supersonics. He averaged 21 points per game in his ABA slash NBA career. A two-time All-Star was Nick name the heavyweight champion of the ABA because of being ejected for fighting on so many occasions. John Brisker mysteriously disappeared while on a business trip in Uganda in 1978. A top scorer in the league, a multi-time all-star. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, John Brisker. Uh, Wayne Chapman is 76, a former NBA guard, drafted in the ninth round of the 1968 NBA draft. We'll see the the, uh, draft next week. We're eight days away from the NBA draft. There will not be nine rounds, though. There's only two. He was also a two-time Division II national champion while he played at Kentucky Wesleyan College and also a coach there. So Wayne Chapman turns 76. Jake Locker turns 34, a former NFL quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, drafted eighth overall in the 2011 NFL Draft. That is seven picks after Cam Newton. He was drafted by the Titans, abruptly retired in 2014 at the end of his rookie contract, following an injury-plagued four-year career. He's regarded as one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Jake Locker turns 34. Jay Ajayi turns 29. He's a former NFL running back for the Miami Dolphins and Philadelphia Eagles. Drafted in the fifth round of the 2015 draft by the Dolphins. Retired in 2022 following injury troubles. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Eagles, a pro bowler in 2016, and he averaged 4.5 yards per carry in his NFL career. Jay Ajayi is turning 29. Here's a couple of good ones. How about Cooper Cup, a current wide receiver for the Rams? Third round pick in 2017. He's the grandson of Jake Cup, a former NFL offensive lineman, and Craig Cup, a former NFL quarterback. Super Bowl champion as of this year. He was the Super Bowl 56 MVP, the Offensive Player of the Year in 2021 in the NFL. He led the NFL in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Wow. 29 years old, Cooper Cup. Very good at the sport they call football and a product of Eastern Washington who plays on red turf. Yeah, red turf. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Cooper kind of came out of nowhere to be one of the top receivers in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, third-round pick is solid, but coming out of Eastern Washington combined with third round, uh, not the most obvious path to being a top wide receiver. We've got next Tim Lincecum, who's turning 38, a former MLB pitcher for the San Francisco Giants and LA Angels. A 110-89 record in his career, 3.74 ERA, 1,736 strikeouts during a nine-year career. Four-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion with the Giants, twice won the NL Cy Young Award and pitched two no-hitters in his baseball career. Tim Lincecum, nicknamed the Freak, is celebrating his birthday today at 38 years old. Anytime you win two Cy Youngs, you're a legend. You're an all-time baseball pitcher. Yeah, he had a run of dominance there for four or five years where he was one of, if not the top pitchers uh, in baseball. He was really filthy. He had a strong fastball. He was a small guy, but he threw 95 
96 uh, as it was you know still a little less common to do that as a starter um, I, I guess it's increasingly more common uh, each year we go but um, he, he had a pretty electric fastball and then had a huge uh, quick curveball yeah um, but with he couldn't sustain it for very long because it was just such a unique delivery. I mean, throwing his kind of head up in the air, as you would see someone flop in basketball yeah. now, honestly, almost, um, and, and have that tilt to him. So it was, it was kind of like, kind of reminds me of Dontrell Willis. I think Winston was a little more dominant than Willis. Um, well, they called him a freak. But, it but, looked weird. But, uh, but uh, I, you know, ultimately was not able to be uh, sustainable for a long period of time with that tough delivery. Happy birthday, Tim Lincecum, who's turning 38. And then Wade Box is turning 64, a former third baseman in the MLB. He made his debut in 1982 for the Boston Red Sox, a career batting average of 328, 3,000 hits, 118 homers, 1,000 RBIs in an 18-year career, 12-time All-Star, World Series champion in 1996, two-time Gold Glove Award winner. He won eight Silver Sluggers. He's a five-time batting champ. His number 26 jersey retired by the Red Sox. Number 12 jersey retired by the Rays. A member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame inducted in 2005 on the first ballot. Wade Boggs is 64 years old. Dominant athlete, great all-time baseball player. Boggs is 64. There's our birthdays in sports. Michael Doliak is 45. John Brisker, 30. Wayne Chapman, 76. Jake Locker, 34. Jay Ajayi is 29. Cooper Cup is 29. Tim Lincecum is 38. And Wade Boggs is 64. A look at our birthdays in sports here today on June 15th. Let's take a quick timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Tiger Communications app. Thanks for listening to us wherever you may be. It's JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Again, give us a phone call, 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 888 9 Danny Skutak set to join us in studio here in just a little bit. Let's get one phone call in here before that, however, as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today show and joining us now on the program james from montgomery james has called into the show hi james hello and war eagle war eagle sir yeah i know that y'all were talking about the college world series and uh between auburn and old miss and i think that auburn might take old miss on a little trip and uh actually just take them all the way around and hit home runs and stolen bases and it's going to be a it's going to be a really really tough tough decision to see Old Miss lose 
again, to the Auburn Tigers as well because, I mean, we have some really great guys that can hit moonshots. I mean, from the first inning all the way up to the ninth inning. I mean, we have some great guys that hit moonshots and – it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a wild win for for Ole Miss to actually keep up with the Auburn Tigers uh, this coming up weekend. So you think that we will see a bunch of offense from Auburn essentially? Yes, as well. So we have um, we have really great guys on offense that's really good. That looks like I mean some of the guys on our on our team they look like major league baseball players more than college players as well because I mean some of the guys on there. Uh, they actually hit moonshots. I mean, like, like in the nineties, like a hundred, like I don't know how many feet these these baseballs be hitting. I mean, they hit one last week right out the park, and I thought it was never going to come down. Yeah, and it did. It certainly did. How far do you think the yeah. balls are traveling? Huh? I said, how far do you think the balls are traveling? <laughs> Uh, I'm probably saying like, uh, uh, four, 113 feet. So I, I don't know how, I, I mean, I'm a baseball fan at heart, but I don't know how fast they're traveling as well. Yeah. I, I just say it like that. It's got to be greater than 300 feet to get out of the ballpark. So we know they're hitting it over 300 feet. If it was just a hundred feet, James, it'd be nowhere near going out. It would just be going yeah, past the first base back. Yeah, as well because uh, with with me as playing baseball for you know for a while, I, I love playing baseball with friends, and basically for me, they always want to you know see if I can hit a moonshot. And next thing you know, I'm I'm hitting home runs, and they're looking at me like like is this kid he can hit? I mean, can somebody sign this kid to something? I'm like that's how I am. I mean, I have. I mean, I used to play sports growing up, and I was a I was a very strong athlete. So that's where it comes from. Where would they sign you to? Uh, oh well, I've um, basically for baseball, I'll probably be like a first round draft pick in the major league baseball draft to the Texas Rangers or something like that. Yeah, that'd be impressive if that were to be the case. We'll see if that ever happens and that dream comes true for you, James. we got a special guest coming up here in studio here in just a little bit. So you have any other thoughts for us today? Um, well, I do. Actually, I do because I'm actually going to be watching the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it's today. So I'm trying to see if Tampa Bay is going to win uh, game one. I think it's today or probably tomorrow. It's I'm tonight. Not quite sure. It's tonight. Okay, so I'll, I'll probably see if Tampa Bay would take Game One, and um, seeing if there's if there's going to be a really good um, a really good run in uh, in Tampa Bay tonight as well, and then uh, the the NBA Finals I think is tomorrow, so I'm be watching and seeing if uh, if Boston is actually going to win at home tomorrow, so that's going to be good as well and then this weekend i'm going to be listening to the college world series so i'm seeing uh if auburn is going to win and i'm hoping that we would win and actually win a national championship that'd be amazing if they were able to win win it all and win a title so uh yeah we'll play on saturday against Ole miss stanley cup playoffs get started tonight and then game six of the nba finals is tomorrow yes as well so i won't have i don't have any uh, NFL news, but I'll have that 
on Friday, and then I have, well, Friday's show, I'm actually going to be doing uh, Flashback Friday to, to uh, tell a lot of Auburn fans about my experience of being an Auburn fan and uh, my first time actually going to see my first Auburn game in Jordan-Harris Stadium as well. And that's going to be Flashback Friday? Flashback Friday. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, it was really nice talking to y'all guys and War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. It's great talking with you as well. That was James from Montgomery joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Seems like he's got fun and exciting things taking place, hitting home runs galore, which is always fun. And we've got the Thunder Chickens that are now six days away from starting. Our roster has been posted publicly, and uh, we got a good team that we've put together. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Hopefully we'll be hitting moonshots. We need moonshots, that's for sure. We need tons and tons of moonshots. All right. I saw James uh, wish us well on Twitter. Yes, we appreciate that. Thanks for all the Twitter love from our buddy James from Montgomery. That was always fun uh, to hear from him on Twitter and looking forward to chatting with him again on tomorrow's show. So Danny Skutak is going to join us here on today's program. Let's get some of this bio stuff out of the way in case there are folks out there that uh, aren't as familiar with the name. Again, played linebacker at Auburn from 79 to uh, the early 80s so some of us weren't even thought of and Tom even when he was playing you were a toddler when Danny Skutak was playing football yeah I was going to Georgia games yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah Danny Skutak uh, he's he's from Opelika I uh, went to Opelika High School and uh, he walked on uh, walked on here at Auburn in 1978 under uh, Doug Barfield and played till 81 uh, Pat Dye's first year and uh and so, uh, yeah, he was all SEC, nineteen eighty one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and he had a he had a good career. Then uh, bounced around, did some uh, NFL, uh, NFL, USFL, Canadian Football League. Uh, and once his football days were over, he uh, kind of turned into the uh, not the perf- at the time it would not have been I guess professional fighting. It was amateur fighting, um, tough man competitions. It's kind of the precursor to today's UFC stuff. So. Uh, uh, you know, it was more punching and uh, grappling and things like that. But uh, he ended up uh, making a good run of it in tough man competitions and actually won the world championship in 1996. He was uh, 37 years old and won, and won the world tough man championship up in Detroit. Which is unbelievable. I need to hear stories about that because well, that's an event that, you know, I, I wasn't as familiar right. with growing up. And Well, one of, it, one of his first big... Uh, championships was in your hometown and of i saw that North as Carolina. well so that's a, that's really exciting yeah. to see that some usfl some cfl experience i mean uh, he's done it all it appears so i think it's going to be amazing to get him here in yeah. the studio uh, in his football career really made a name for himself uh in 1979 season against north carolina state he uh fractured a bone in his leg in the first quarter and played the remainder of the game and still led the team in tackles. He had 17 tackles and was named Sports Illustrated Defensive Player of the Week and did it all with a broken leg. Unreal. Unreal. That's pretty tough. Yeah, no kidding. We, we saw that this past World Series with Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves, you yeah. know, and he continued to pitch just a little bit to get out of the inning. And here we got Danny Boy going the rest of the game out there on the on the gridiron. So outstanding. Well, that's coming up here in just a moment as we go to a break. And again, on the other side of the break, a lot of fun taking place here on Sports Call. Tiger 95.9 FM back in a moment.
All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and we've now got Mr. Danny Skutak here in the office in the studio with us to tell us some stories the good old days of playing football for auburn and just everything that uh, has been going on in his life danny i appreciate you coming by to hang out with us today yeah no problem that's great yeah we're excited to kind of go back down memory lane with you and kind of relive what you were able to experience in your career Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm glad to get you in here and, you know, I help kind of set things up. Uh, yeah, I know you got plenty of stories, but I, I guess we'll just kind of start at uh, walking on at Auburn uh, just from the get go. What, what made you decide that Auburn was what you wanted to do and, and football was what you wanted to do with Doug Barfield? Well, it it just came about where, you know, I love football. I was just an average player at Opelika and uh, wasn't big at all i hadn't really uh i hadn't really matured and right. you know that that much and uh i decided i'd walk on and when i got out there boy it was a rude awakening 188 walk-ons back then yeah. uh they, i think they had 130 some on scholarship and uh you know i'm you know all i could think of was uh, the the two players that actually walked on with me was brian atkins and uh johnny green but anyway we go through practice and everything like that and you, you, you know the the scholarship guys were holding the dummies for the varsity and we're sitting there watching them for two hours and then we hold the the walk-ons hold the dummies for the right. the jv team so it was um it was pretty tough and i actually quit uh got tired of it and quit and my i had a roommate that was out there walking on kevin cannon chip sconyers was also a uh, a friend of mine and i after about four or five days, you know, they're coming home telling me all this stuff, and they're tired and everything like that, and I kind of – I missed it, you right. know. I went back out there and told the uh, the trainer that I had the flu. He said, no, that's not going to cut it. He said, look, you have the flu. You come to me. I'll excuse you. He said, you're going to – so I ran for a week to get back on there. Right. But it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, you don't know how close you are to success, you know, when you do quit. So, right. you know, that's a story in itself. Yeah, and then, you know, as you got into your playing time, you know, there's the story from uh, from 1979 against NC State. Me and you have talked about this story. I'll let you tell these guys the story. You, you break your foot, leg, ankle uh, what, what, uh, that you broke in the uh, first quarter of that game and kept on playing. Right. It was uh, – I got leg whipped and my fibula – which is the outside bone on your ankle. And I had a high ankle sprain. The sprain was actually worse than the break. But uh, when it happened, I remember, you know, I remember Buddy Nix showing me on the t- uh, on the film. He was saying, watch you right here. This is it. He said, you go down like you were shot. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what. This was, was my- after the fact, though, right, that you're looking at the, the film? 
right, of the injury right. that but took I, but, place? But, but during the game, I'll tell you how I got in there. Yeah. I'll tell you how I got in there. I was sick the, the week before we played Tennessee up in Tennessee, and we lost five defensive starters. I was a second-team defensive end on the outside or outside linebacker. And uh, I ran down on punts and kickoffs. Of course, I led. That's how I made my name back then, you know. And uh, the next game, here I am lined up in the middle with Freddie Smith, who's the all-time leading tackler at Auburn. Right. And I'm calling plays. And I got them written on my wrist. And it's my first start. And Lord of mercy, I was not coming out of that game for nothing. I'd have had to break my neck to come out of that game. You know, and that's what I said. The first thing I told Dr. Andrews when I, when I went in there, I said, can I play? He said, do you want to play on this? And I said, yeah. He said, well, we could shoot it up, you know, and, and that, that's what they did. So we're going to get into the tough man stuff here in just a yeah. second. You're a tough guy. How did that develop? Because, I mean, you see guys now that they're out for two weeks with a, a, a hangnail. You know, they've got plantar fasciitis or something. They're out for a month. You know, they're tired and they're out for two days. You play a game on a broken leg. I mean, where did that mentality and that toughness come from? It's like I said, I was so excited to, to have my first start, you know, and, and I was in the – if there was any way I could stay in that game, I wanted to. And I remember at the end of the – you know, during the game, at the end of the game, they asked me why I did it. And I said, you know, really, the team needed me. I said, we were – we, we lost uh, five defensive starters. Two of them were linebackers. We had uh, – and, and, and poor Mike McQuaig, he was a fifth-year senior. Yeah. Uh, the next year – I mean, the next uh, week we had to play a Vanderbilt, and I wasn't able to play because I had, you know, injured it. And, and he's a fifth-year senior all beat up. And I remember him just staring at me with a blank stare with – ice on his shoulders and his knees and his hips over there and you know but but you know i've always been my old man he he raised me that way uh he was in the air force he was a colonel in the air force and it was you know you had to follow a strict regime and uh and you didn't uh, you didn't quit you know right. he, he, he didn't put up with that no that's wild to just think about the toughness that you know and, and kind of how that has changed a little bit and sitting here trying to process still the injury that took place and you're like i'm gonna keep playing yeah well you see a lot of these guys you know when they go down and i watch them on the field you know my my five years out there you know four years i i lettered three years i started actually you know i, I never had anybody had to come out they didn't have to stop the game again because back then the coaches told us, you know, look, it's going to cost us a timeout, and it, you know, and I, and I didn't want to, I didn't I actually didn't want to get in trouble, you know, yeah. cost them a timeout. So you know, I, you know, even if I was hurt, got the breath knocked out of me or anything like that, I, I'll tell you one time in practice, and this this was uh, you know shows a little toughness, but. I came down on somebody's knee, hit me in the solar plexus, and guys piled on the back of me. I had the breath knocked out of me, and we were doing a scrimmage drill. And Buddy Nix was my coach, and he ended up being a general manager for the Buffalo Bills. But anyway, uh, I'm laying on the ground with the breath knocked out of me, making a few noises, and I'm getting up slow. And uh, Buddy says, Scooter, get out of here. I said, no. I said, no, I ain't getting out. You know, I ain't getting out. I was, you know, I was still hurting, you know. And so he said, he said, line it up again. He did it real quick. You know, he didn't want to give me any chance to, to recover. You know, line it up again. And I saw the uh, the scout team offensive coach over there looking over my shoulder. And I looked back and I saw Buddy 
motioning to him, so I knew what they were going to do. In a five-two defense, I line up on the on the guard. The guard blocks down on the load play. They block down. They double team the uh, the nose guard, and here comes the fullback at me. And I knew the play they were going to run. So as soon as the ball was snapped, I met the fullback in the backfield, blew the play up, and everything. <laughs> Everybody started cheering, and uh, we're going to the next drill. And uh, buddy. He, he runs up beside me and says, Scooter, I ain't never heard you do that before. And I said, what's that, Coach? He said, lay on the ground and squeal like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you were here, uh, you know, for the end of Doug Barfield, but also for the beginning of Pat Dye. What was that like to uh, have Pat Dye come in there? And, and what were your first impressions of Coach Dye? Well, I tell you, the first meeting we had was in the wintertime. And we're sitting in there. The underclassmen are sitting on the uh, on the floor up against the wall. The upperclassmen, we're all in chairs. And it's in the winter of, uh, I guess, 80 or 80, 81, right in there. It, it's, it's around, you know, Christmas break. And Coach Dye told everybody that he didn't want anybody in there but the ball players. That was it. So he <laughs> walks in there, and, he, and Lionel James is – sitting up against the wall and he kicks Lionel's foot. Lionel had his foot stuck out. And 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 Coach Dye, you know, everybody's I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there. Everybody's waiting. And uh he looks at Lionel and says, Who are you? I, I think he thought he was a manager. And and, <laughs> and uh, Lionel said, Lionel James, he said he said, Stand up. He stood up. He said, What do you play? He said, I play running back. And he and Coach Dye looked at us and he said now, that's what's wrong with this team right now. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, Coach, you get rid of him. You, I yeah. said, that's our whole offense. You know, <laughs> that, that, is, like a, you know, that is little train James. Yeah, that yeah. was. That was. And, and of course, he was, a, he was an underclassman at the time, but he'd already proven himself on the field that he was going right. to be something special. And then he looked around, and, and Marshall Riley, the biggest, uh, baddest uh, defensive lineman on the field, probably in the sec you know he was he he didn't know his strength and uh he's sitting there in a surly posture in the in the desk you know and uh he said where's marshall riley at marshall marshall raises his hand he said did you go to school today he said nope he said did you go to school yesterday he said nope he said you going to school tomorrow he said nope he said get the blank out of here <laughs> yeah. marshall gets up throws his uh desk down run goes out slams the door behind him and and coach Dye said now i'm going to tell you something you guys something he said i'm going to build a championship here he said you guys are either going to be with me or without me he said there's going to be a lot of guys in this room that aren't going to be here this fall he said but it, but the folks that stick with me they're going to they're going to see some championships you know right and so uh you know it went like that and then you know and he I tell you what. Well, I, I'll keep that. I'll keep the the next one to to myself. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Um, but but then you turn that 1981 season into all SEC performance, uh, right? Uh, you know, and and then you become close to uh, to Coach Die. Um, you guys remained close until his death. Um, but now let's admit you you were, you had already made a bit of a reputation for yourself. I guess uh, you're kind of a hellraiser in your uh, yeah. college days, and uh, uh, Pat Dye had to kind of rein you in, didn't he? Well, he did, and uh, I remember um, we went five and six that year, 
We lost to Tennessee. We fumbled on the one-yard line at the end of the game, ran out of timeouts, and uh, the, the time ran out on us. We right. went all the way down the field, so should have won that game. We lost that game 10-7. Uh, to 7. And then the Wake Forest game was the opening game. It was the first night game at Auburn. Uh-huh. And uh, they threw a pass to the tight end. I remember I was out there, and I was looking at the tight end, and I was looking at the running back, and I was wondering which one I was supposed to get. And, uh, you know, I, I had the running back, you know, and I was looking out there, and, you know, the, they, the tight end was covered up. He was on the line of scrimmage. There was a guy outside on the line. So they threw to him. It was an illegal play. That's right. how they won that game. And then the kicker, this is the kicker right here, Mississippi State. Less than two minutes left in the game. I block a punt, put us ahead, and uh, we get the ball back on the 50-yard line. Coach Dye calls a no call, which, you know, Bob Hicks was the freshman. I don't know who's telling the truth. Bob said, you know, he, <laughs> Coach Dye said he told him not to snap it under no circumstances. But anyway, the guy jumps off sides. Bob Hicks snaps the ball and catches him. The referee throws the flag and calls an illegal snap. Oh. Gives it back to Mississippi State with John Bond, you know, right. Danny Knight and Marty McDowell and all them guys. They went down the field and scored the, the winning touchdown. So... You know, the headlines the next day, what would it have been, you know? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, now, also in your playing days, uh, you, had to, you had to go up against Herschel Walker, one of, the, one of the best running backs ever in the history of college football, and you had to try to tackle Herschel Walker, especially yeah. in 1980 and 81. Right, and we held him to under 100 yards, I think, both times. I know in 80 we did. He had, uh, he had 43 carries for yeah. 73 yards. 27 of them was around my end. They they did a uh, power sweep to the other side, and I was the backup. Buck Ballou gets behind me, and here comes Herschel. He bounced, 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 so here he comes, yep. and Buck Ballou, Buck Ballou blocks me, and that's on the the front page of the Atlanta Constitution, you right. know. And and so that was a, that was a a 27 yard run, I believe. I I remember it like it was yesterday. And he scores the touchdown, and the, and we lose that game thirty to twenty, about ten points. But earlier in that game, I missed a tackle on him in the backfield. Uh, instead of uh, cutting his legs out from under him, I decided to go high. Now they have tearaway jerseys. Right. I grabbed him around the shoulder pads, going to sling him down, and he gave me the the limp leg. And then I I just ripped his shirt his jersey off, and he left me laying back there. And that was on a that was on a third and five. They get the first down, and they kick a field goal. And then I get called for a block in the back on a punt return. James Brooks returned it for a touchdown. And Buddy Nix told me later on that uh, in, in the film room, he said, he said, Scooter, he said, you were in, he said, we lost by 10 points and you were involved in, uh, let's see, seven, 17 points. He said, Hell, boy, if I wouldn't have played you, we'd have won the game. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, what was your playing size? Like, context for us, this is the early 80s. What okay. was your playing size to be a defensive end and playing SEC competition? Okay, well, a defensive end actually was an outside linebacker at that time, and that's in a 5-2 defense. My junior year, we played uh, 4-3, and I played outside linebacker. And then my senior year, when Coach Dye came in here, we played a 5-2, and I played middle linebacker again. But to start out with, when I was running down on kickoffs and punts, I was about a hundred and between one hundred ninety-five and two hundred. My sophomore year, wow. when I got the broke ankle, 
and Sports Illustrated Defensive Player of the Week. I was listed at 202, and I was playing middle linebacker. And uh, I, went, I was going up against the Outland Trophy winner, Mark Risher. Yeah. Uh, he, was, uh, he played for the Buffalo Bills for a while. But um, my junior year, I was about 28. 212 and my senior year about 28 212 something like that you know just depending on you know how tall about right under 62 i've never been 62 but haven't you know, got there yet yeah <laughs> so so at the biggest 62 212 right right and then uh still hadn't stopped growing though <laughs> yeah. when i i signed with denver went down to the last cut when i got off the plane you know my mother's always telling me that's the best she ever looked you know and right. i was i was about 218 then oh, i got you well well danny you went uh you just mentioned denver you made it to the last cut there i uh, played some with uh, calgary stampeders and some with the uh that's in cfl some of the pittsburgh maulers in the usfl but let's move on to some of this uh, tough man stuff because I know how much you like to talk about it and how we were talking about uh, the videos and everything. But what got you in that? Uh, you were telling me that uh, uh, 1994 you won right. a tournament in Lee County. But, I mean, what what got you involved in that idea that, hey, I, I want to go and jump into this tough man contest and either get my brains beat in or beat somebody's brains well, in? Well, you got to go back. To when I was about 14 years old, I was in Ramstein, Germany, like I said, getting in a lot of trouble, getting in a lot of fights, you know, in school. And uh, I remember after basketball practice, my old man, you know, he came up to me and he said, look, they got these uh, these boxers down here. It was the uh, the Junior Olympics. And so mm-hmm. these guys were like uh, 16, 18. And they were under 18. Right. And they needed sparring partners. The old man signed me up to be one of them so right after basketball practice i got to go in there and get my head beat in you know <laughs> but anyway these guys were uh, they they knew how to box and and uh, of course they had their way with me but i learned a lot i learned how to survive and uh in fact i remember one of the uh the the boxers in there he was always pointing at me pointing at me and of course everybody had a mean look on their face because you're going through you know the rigors of of, right. of beating each other up and I and I asked the guy. I said, "Why does he always want me?" Does, does, I mean, one of the coaches. I said, "What? What? Does, you know, does he have something against me?" He said, "No." He said, "He, he, he says you're the only one fight back." You know, so, <laughs> so that that was kind of good. So then fast forward, I watched Butterbean on TV. I think he was fight, fighting a guy, Scotty Bishner, and it was probably in the early '90s. And I was watching those guys, and I was watching the tournament. And I said, "Man, I could." You know, I can compete with these guys because I could tell, you know, I knew a little bit about boxing. I had a little bit of skills. I always had a heavy bag hanging up uh, and a speed bag and also, you know, and, and, and did it myself. And I was in my 30s. Uh, I think I was 34 years old. All of a sudden, tough man comes to Auburn. And uh, I remember Steve Logue telling me, he said, he said, Danny, he said, man, you, you, you got a reputation here, man. Uh, you know, he said, you don't need to do this. And I said, look, I said, you know, tough man comes to Auburn, they're, they're going to have to go through me. You know? and, so, and so I end up winning that and I qualified for the uh, the Nationals, which is the World Tough Man Championship. It was in Asheville, North Carolina. JJ's hometown. And, uh, yeah. And, Born and raised. Yeah. it's a That's a beautiful country up there. Went up there and uh, the first guy, uh, actually the way they used to do it in the old days, they had uh, about 50 or 60 of them. We all fought two fights. They got down to 16 for the second night, and that's the night they put on TV. First fight, I get a guy named Jason Topolinski. He's another 
Polish guy. You know, I don't know. Scootak's Polish, so, you know, and I figured it was going to be tough. He was kind of a short, stocky guy. I got in there, and uh, and he was a good boxer. And, you know, I lost a split decision to him. And then uh, next night, I watched that guy go through the tournament. He fought the Alaskan assassin, Cody Coke, in the finals and lost a split decision to him. So I'm sitting there going, look, man, I, I lost one of the best guys in the tournament. So then I went back down to Dothan, won the tournament down in Dothan, qualified for the national up in Detroit, went up to Detroit. And, and luckily, Jason wasn't in that that fight, and I, <laughs> I ended up winning it. And, and so that, that's the, the Tough Man World Championship, 1996, and you were 37 years old? Yeah, I was the oldest one in the tournament. 37 right. years old, and let's see, what you tell you? Six total fights. Right, you had to I win had six two, total fights at 37 years old, and and it went it went about the same way. It's funny that looking back on it because I got a little short, stocky guy the first night. This wasn't on TV. The only we had like 55, 56 guys in the right. tournament. The only draw was me and him. It was a draw, and I said, Lord, I hope they don't put me in there with him again. So <laughs> I get him again. And when we got in there, I seen he had a, you know, swolled up eye. So I knew I'd, I'd, I'd cracked him a time or two. And I ended up a split decision. And I was and I was saying, you know, that give it to him. I was saying, give it to him. I didn't want to get into the And they gave it to me. And I said, oh, Lord, I got in the <laughs> second night to get knocked out on national TV. You know? right. And so just to keep people up engaged and up to speed and that sort of thing and to make sure everybody's on the same page, Tough Man, essentially, this is boxing, right? right You're in it. a ring. Right. How are, are, are the rounds, how long are they typically going? Like, set the scene for us. Right. And Art Doran, he started this, and and he knew he couldn't go three-minute rounds because, you know, those are pro boxing rules. So yeah. you, get, you go in there, you get your business done. They were one-minute rounds with a wow. one-minute rest. And so you had to do your business in one minute. And the thing about it is when we got up there, due, they said due to time constraints, we have to cut the rest to 45 seconds. And I'm sitting there. I, I, I said, oh, Lord. You know, <laughs> you know I was, the, the one minute wasn't enough for me. You know. Yeah. And, and also to set the stage for anybody that's not seen this, there's no dancing around like you see in boxing. Bell rings, yeah. Fists are going. That's right. I mean, it it is it is. There's no dancing around with each other. I mean, that's right. It's ding, and it's here we go. Yeah, like fist I said, fist you got to get your business done, and uh, of course, bo- knowing some boxing skills helps. But uh, you know, really, the the four fights the second night were easier for me than the two fights the first night because that boy knew how to box, and and so did I. the The second night, I was worried about. Because these guys were knocking people out, and here I was with a draw and a split decision. But the second night, I get in there, and these guys are are coming at me trying to smoke me, and, and they're running into all my bombs. And you yeah. know, I could hit with the best of them, and it was like a dream come true. You know, I was knocking them all over the ring. You yeah. know, and you get to the championship round. Uh, the what was the guy? Sugar Ray Hammond. Sugar Ray Hammond. The the guy's a, a beast. I mean, yeah. he, he is an absolute monster. Long ponytail. Uh, just a guy that looked like an untouchable force. They had been building this guy up as he was going to be the champion. That's right. They'd done a whole special on him. That's right. And what'd and, you do to him? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I got in there, and, and of course, I had Cody Coke in the in the corner with me, and, right. and he was a, a actually a professional at this time, and he was telling me, look, just you know, stay away from the right, you know, and 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 keep 
keep moving and keep that jab out there and just do what you've been doing. The guy don't like to get hit, you know. And when I went out there, uh, I don't know. I was in a zone by that time. I was floating, and, and my, my, my left jab was just like a cobra. It was coming out, and I was tagging him. Of course, he tagged me a few times, but uh, I had him on his heels. And then uh, about the end of the last 30 seconds, maybe last – now, last 16 seconds of the second round, I did a – I used to watch uh, Salvador Sanchez. Not a lot of people know who he is, but but he fought Little Red Lopez one time, and he'd do a dip move. He'd dip down with his left jab to the belly and come over the top with the overhand right, and we always called that the Salvador Sanchez dip move. Right. <laughs> and I had done tried everything on Sugar Ray Ham. Of course, I've caught, I, I was winning the fight. You know, don't get me wrong. I was carving him up. He tried to but, headbutt you one time. Yeah, he did at the end when he knew yeah. he was losing. But I, I said, well, let's see what he does with the dip move. And I did I did the dip move, a little little dip move, and I smacked him one good one. And, and it backed him up, and I backed up because of it because I hit him so hard. And I said, oh, Lord, he's a sucker for the dip move. <laughs> and, then he came, and so here he comes. You know, he's coming to get me. And I do a, I do a strong dip move and knocked him, you know, knocked him down. And I thought, I thought it – there's no way this guy's getting up. The guy gets up. I pop my mouthpiece back in my mouth, you know, because I had it. I was breathing so hard. I had it, you know, sticking out. And I, I said, you got to finish him. And then, bing, the, the bell rings. And so he gets a rest. Yeah. And you end up winning that one. What, is he, what did he say at the end, his, his famous line? He'd only been knocked down. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, of course, uh, Butterbean was doing all the uh, commentating on me. And he said uh, – only been knocked down and never been knocked out only been knocked down twice both of them from out uh one from the butter bean and one from danny boy both of them alabama boys from what i remember <laughs> awesome danny skutak is here with us we're going to keep you with us for one more segment we'll take a quick okay. break and, and then we'll be back to chat with him got a couple of callers on the line as well that want to say hello to danny so uh, we'll do that in just a moment alongside tom pv ryan lavoy and danny skutak i'm jj jackson one hour in the books and we're rolling One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Excited to have Danny Skutak 
in the studio with us, telling stories from his Auburn football playing days and tough man world competitions and championships that he participated in. Going to get some phone calls here in just a moment, 334-887-3401. Let me set you up for a football question here, Danny boy. All right. Your best Iron Bowl story from your playing days. The best story you got, you could pick any of them, playing against Alabama and getting to be somebody that's participated in the Iron Bowl. Well, I could say, and I know my mother would say, that my my junior year I had probably one of my best games up there. Um, I I had a lot of stops on third down. I I stopped uh, Walter Lewis on on fourth and one. But uh, I'd rather go to the, the... the life experience my senior year with coach die and we were poised to really do good against them i mean we i mean they had they had us in like a 6-1 defense with me in the middle on on some uh some defenses but all the seniors go out to shake hands on both sides of the field you know and so we come out to meet in the middle and uh we're on national tv and this is very unlike me uh, but I I bring attention to myself because when they all go to shake hands, I turn my back and run back to the sidelines and don't shake my man's hand. You know, I, I, I was thinking I was going to shake it at the. Well, evidently the Lord was watching that. I get my ankle rolled up in the first quarter. I'm limping around out there. Same thing, you know. Of course, you know we had a pretty decent linebacker in Greg Carr behind me, and he plays uh, a lot of the game and. And I got guys coming up to me, and we're in that game all the way to the end. I'm telling you, we were in that game. And, you know, I had, and, and of course, here I am. I'm going to the blue gray game and going to the senior bowl, and I got a tore up ankle. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I've, I've already decided I'm not playing. And, uh, you know, have a bunch of my, you know, the fourth quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter comes around. We're still in the game, and, you know, got all my teammates coming at me. Come on, Scooter, man. We need you. We need you. And so. I kind of throwed my helmet down and went and let him shoot it up and got in there. And of course, we lost the game. But anyway, I, I end up missing the uh, the blue gray game, and I'm limping around in the senior bowl, and I don't get drafted. So you know that kind of cost me there. But I, I really feel the fact that I brought attention to myself like that. If I'd have just been a good sport and shook the guy's hand, I think everything would be right. right. But you know, like I said, I think the Lord works in mysterious a- ways amen tell me about your junior year why did your mom think that that game was so great tell me well, about it yeah i had a, i had a bunch of tackles in that game i was all over the field uh i was we, we were in a 4-3 defense and uh you know you either had the they were running the wishbone with walter lewis who was one of the fastest guys you know uh and one of the best runners there was there was in the country at the time and um you know i just like i said uh, when you stop somebody on third and short you know it's like you're the one you know stopping the drive yeah. you know they got a punt and so and we were in that game until the fourth quarter and we played a good game against them but i like i said i'd, I'd made a bunch of tackles and a bunch of tackles that really counted you know at the time so a lot of attention came my way would your parents always give you feedback after every game were they sort of the first people that you would hear from oh yeah yeah and uh were they your toughest critics were they harsh on you at all or do you feel like they were pretty pleased easily well uh my mother was couldn't have been more proud of me and she's a good game good game good game but my old man when i'd go when i'd go over there he'd go hey i saw you loafing out there you know i'd say i'd say i'd say dad i 
I led the team in tackles. He said, hell, boy, if I was middle linebacker, I'd lead the team in tackles, too, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I seen you. You must have been drinking beer all week or something like that. Of course, I wasn't going to say anything different. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but, but he had me pegged. That's awesome. But, what, what would uh, – so, you know, Bear Bryant was still coaching Alabama at that time. What would Bear Bryant have said about you? Or did Bear Bryant ever say anything about you uh, from playing in the Iron Bowls? Yeah, well, uh, I remember I uh, went over to Barney Gulledge's uh, house one morning to watch the, uh, the the game day and had Bear Bryant out there, and uh, I had uh, I had slipped outside from the middle linebacker position, you know, uh, and tackled uh, Major Ogilvy for about a five yard loss, and uh, I remember Bear Bryant saying that yeah they they got a little they got a lot of speed out there you know yeah. like that so that was that was probably the only thing I. Right. I, I ever heard him say. But he knew about you. I guess he did, you know. <laughs> but. Well, let me get a phone call in here then. We got uh, some people that want to say hello to Danny Skutak, 334-887-3401, and one of our very loyal callers here into the program. Wardam Steve. Our good friend, retired Wardam Steve, has called in to say hello to Danny. Steve, are you there with us? I'm here, and I'm enjoying Wardam Eagle to Mr. Wardam Skutak. All right, War Eagle, Steve. Hey, Ms. Kutak, you are in a privileged class. Uh, you are a walk-on. I forgot about that until I researched you uh, before I got online here uh, with you. And uh, you have, you're in good company with people like Mr. Kevin Green. Right. Mr. Bill Newton. Right. Uh, Mr. Jason Miska. That's right. And uh, uh, I, I want to applaud you for... Uh, being uh, a person who chose, even without a scholarship, without even an NIL offer, right? Oh yeah, that, uh, they didn't have that back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm being sarcastic there. Right. <laughs> you, you loved Auburn. You wanted to go to Auburn. That's and right. And I, I want to applaud you for that. And not only were you really great when you played, you were tough as nails. In fact, uh, I saw this. A comment made by Coach Dye about you, and I'm sure you you may, hopefully you know it. But uh, when Dye was asked about you, here's what he said: He said that you were, in quotes, any player that he coached, and he went on to say that you played the game ferociously and always at full speed. Did you know he'd said that about you? Uh, I was I was aware of it. I didn't actually hear that, but I heard it from other people. And you know, when you hear it from other people, you think they may exaggerate a little bit about it. But you know, that that, that for, for coming from a coach like Coach Dye, and he's a defensive coach. He knows, and you know, he's a former All American at, at Georgia, and he was an undersized player at Georgia. So coming from him, it means a lot. Well, here's how impressive uh, as a player you were while at Auburn. Uh, you were on a team, unfortunately. Uh, the first year, your last year, though, uh, for Coach Pat Dye, uh, they went five and six, and yet you were a first-team All-SEC selection in '81. And that the, is, I, I was going to say, if you, if you know who the two other uh, All-SEC selections were, was Johnny Cooks from uh, Mississippi State, and um, uh, let's see, there's a uh, a player uh, linebacker from Alabama, Thomas Boyd. And uh, and, and actually, me and Thomas Boyd and uh, Johnny Cooks end up playing in the uh, in the Senior Bowl that year. Well, and I'm glad to know that you were not one of these people that tend to flop now on the football team. You know, just to get a timeout. Right, right. I, like I said, I, I never had to uh, stop a game. I, I came off the field by myself, and believe me, I was hurt a lot. And you know. Uh, 
I, I applaud you for, you know, you're willing to, to be a walk-on. Did you end up receiving a scholarship, sir? I did. Uh, actually, uh, I walked on the fall of 77. I believe that um, uh, I'm thinking that in 76, 77, right in there, Walked on in 77, then the following year in 78, uh, I got on special teams, and I don't know if you remember or not, but I actually led the, led the team in, uh, in tackles on punt, punts and kickoffs. And I, yeah, I was known for going down on the kickoffs, being like a kamikaze guy. You know? <laughs> well, and, I just remember that you had no fear. I mean, you just go straight after people, and you didn't avoid them. That's right. Uh, that's right. Lot, I and, and I was going to say, a lot of times I'd go in there, you know, you have the wall buster. The guy goes down there, busts the wall up. I, I know I'd be running full speed. I'd see their eyes get big, those guys in the wall. And then I'd, <laughs> I'd start to duck my head, and they'd go get somebody else. And all of a sudden, I'd hit the ball carrier coming up the middle. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't have it planned like that. That happened a lot. Well, again, I want to thank you for choosing uh, to, to be an Auburn football player, not because of any money handed to you. Uh, under the table or otherwise because you chose you want to be an Auburn player and for that uh, I commend you on that Uh, also real quickly sir uh, you know you played uh, with some really other really great players on that team and I was wondering do you have any more contact with him like Al Del Greco he was on the team when you were there uh, not too much. I know that um, uh, George People, who has passed away, uh, had some contact with him. Donnie Humphrey, who's passed away, uh, had some contact with him. But, uh, you know, if you look back at our defense, uh, just about everybody on that defense played a little bit of pro ball. That's how good that defense was. And, and Coach Orgel, you know, he was uh, he was the head of that defense. And, and he had us in a position to where, you know, we were, we were in a lot of games because of the defense. I don't know if you remember the uh, the Nebraska game that year, but we had them three nothing at halftime, and I we, remember that. And uh, they had uh, Dave Remington at center. He was the Rem- that's who the Remington Award was named after. They had Roger Craig who ended up playing forever with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They had Mike Rozier back there, who was the Heisman Trophy winner the next year. They had Irvin Fryer out there. They had a bunch of guys on defense. And, I mean, these guys were ranked fourth in the country, and we had them 3 nothing at halftime. And when we were running off the field, I think they said it was the first time that they were behind, you know, uh, at, at halftime in, I don't know, 40-some years. Ended up uh, our offense fumbles on the eight. They have an eight-yard drive for a touchdown, and they fumbled on the three, and they had a three-yard drive oh. for a touchdown. So that's how we lost that game, 17-3. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I say about Auburn uh, teams, they have a way of just tearing your heart out just when you think, you know, you might actually pull the game out. So, uh, you know, uh, at 71 years of age, I'm used to it, unfortunately, that uh, I, you know, I know I can't ever count on an easy win uh, for Auburn teams, whether it's baseball or football. Uh, so I always say, you know, uh, if you're an Auburn fan, then you know what it means to just be agonizing and never take anything for granted. But uh, I sure didn't take you for granted. But I love seeing you play, and I did see here that you actually were in the USFL uh, Pittsburgh Ballers team. Is that right? I was. I was. Actually, got, I, I got cut early, and then I got called back. And uh, Hank Bulla ended up taking over the team, and he, he was looking at some film, and, and, and he saw me on the film and, and got me back up there. 
Were you there for more than one season? No, because the Pittsburgh Maulers was a uh, they they were an expansion team at the time. I think the uh, the the USFL started in '83, and uh, the the uh, Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, Expanded. They were an expansion team in '84, so uh, that's when I went up there. And of course, I, in '83, I was up uh, in Calgary, and uh, then a lot of them teams dropped out the next year. I think some of them still played, but the Pittsburgh Maulers—they were only a one-year team. Okay, and I hope I'm not being too personal. If I am, you tell me. But uh, can you share with us or not what uh, you're doing now? Oh, I, I'm actually out at Fat Daddy's uh, handling the kitchen out there. Um, you know, Tom's out there, too. So, you you know, folks need to come out there and see us. Uh-huh. Uh, we got some good food out there and, and good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, Fat Daddy's a place to be. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And, uh, again, I want to thank you uh, for deciding to be uh, an Auburn person and choosing Auburn to play for. So you, to me, exemplify uh, what I, I've always looked on for people who play for Auburn. Um, not not about greed and not about, you know, uh, the spotlight, but just wanting to do your best and to be a model for the people beyond football. And you've been that. All right. Enough of my rambling, sir. It's so good to talk to you. And uh, I wish you uh, the best in, uh, in the rest of your life, personally and professionally. And uh, as always, War Damn Eagle to you, sir. All Thank right. you for, for being available. War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve. Good to hear from you. That's our uh, our good friend, retired War Damn Steve, joining us there on the phone lines. Good to catch up from folks, and uh, we'll take a couple of phone calls if folks want to call in 887-3401. And the one thing I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you're, you're doing the, the kitchen over there uh, at Fat Daddy's, but, uh, but one of the main things, I mean, you still keep yourself in shape. I know you, you do a lot of fishing, but, I mean, you still train. You still you still do some of the, the fighting and the training side of things. Right, and, uh, of course, I have a – I'm kind of waiting on getting my knee fixed I, I need an artificial knee and that's uh, kind of keeping me down but yeah this last summer I had a uh, I had a, uh, a little challenge from a, a 19 20 year old wanted to get in there Zach I can't remember his last name but he got in there with me and uh, and we went a few rounds of course I was on the ground a couple times uh, uh, one time I, I, I bounced back and my, my leg gave way but but another time I'll give him the knockdown but uh, I caught him in the in the gut a couple times and and I, and I heard him, and uh, I finished the fight with him uh, him pretty much on his heels. So I was pretty <laughs> proud of that. You know, he had 40 years on me. Yeah. And and then also, uh, you know, outdoors. Uh, you did a lot of outdoor stuff with Pat Dye um, before his death. You used to go quail hunting out there uh, with Pat and, uh, and with Coach Dye. And well, actually, Coach Dye, I, n- I never went quail hunting, but Coach Dye had me and a buddy of mine come out okay. there and fish in his pond, okay. and uh, and it was it was pretty it was pretty pretty nice. And you know, uh, and, and and one story about Pat Dye is I, I hadn't seen him, and uh, we had a reunion right before nine um, eleven, and it was uh, Ball State. And uh, it was the 81 team, the 20-year reunion. It was 2001. It was on a Sunday, and I believe 9-11 was on a Monday. No, it was on a, a Saturday, but 9-11 was on a Monday, right? right? I, I'm thinking that. But, in, but anyway, the first time Coach Dye saw me, he said, I told him not to snap that ball. And of, <laughs> uh, of all the plays and all the championships and all the every, every game, big games that he was in, when he saw my face, he remembered that, right. you know. I, uh, another question I was going to ask, 
ask you. You shared a story with me, but I, you had a couple of interactions with Charles Barkley. When Barkley came here in 81, uh, you were wrapping yourself up in 81, but y'all, y'all had a couple of interactions that uh, – Yeah, I think I think Charles came here in 80, actually. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I, I think he did. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, I, I know I was a junior, and uh, he, he, he needed to go get his books and wanted somebody who knew the way around. He said, I want, I want you, you to take me, you know, and so – we went to the bookstore, which was in Haley Center, and we get all our books, and Charles got a ton of books, you know. And, and of course, you know, back then, Charles was, uh, you know, they called him the... the he was fat. The, the round... Yeah, there you go. Fat. The round mound or rebound, you know. But you'd be impressed watching the, the practices, uh, how right. that guy got up and moved people out of the way. But anyway, we're in the we're in there, and he's got a, a you know, just a armful of books and and uh we're i got a few that i needed and we're walking out and there's a big line over there and he goes oh lord you know and i said no charles we go to the scholarship side over here and there wasn't anybody at the scholarship side there was a woman back there that and she looked at us and she said i'm pretty good at this uh you play baseball looked at me you know because i'm standing beside him it's making me look small you know so and and i'm not a big guy anyway so uh I said, no, ma'am. Uh, I play football. She said, what are you, a kicker? And I said, <laughs> I said, I said, no, nah, I play linebacker. And she kind of shook her head. And she looked at Charles and said, now, I know you play football. And he goes, no, ma'am, I play basketball. <laughs> I, said, I told Charles after that, I said, she wasn't too good at that. Uh, no, oh, for two. Let's get another phone call. 334-887-3401. David in Auburn has called it. David, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Mr. Skutak, I understand that uh, for the Tough Man competition, you trained with another Auburn legend named Mark DeBellis. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, actually, he trained me. Uh, he was my weight trainer, and uh, the guy that I sparred with was Travis Page, and I couldn't have had two better guys in there because Travis was a Yoshikai karate instructor that loved boxing, and Mark DeBellis is probably one of the best uh, weight trainers in the, in Lee County or, or in East Alabama, I, w- I would say. Both those guys, when I got uh, done with them, they they both looked at me. Uh, Travis said, "You're ready," and and I and of course I had doubts. And and I remember I, I did my last sets with uh, my my last weight uh, sets with uh, Mark, and Mark said. Uh, you're ready and i said i don't know but you know those guys knew knew better than me well now i've worked out with mark for probably 20 22 years and i'm still fat and weak what what do you think the difference is <laughs> it's you know thank god for good looking parents you know you gotta look at them because <laughs> uh, you know you, you gotta have the genes you know that's all i'm saying and i, and I, I think i was lucky in that respect <laughs> Hard work didn't have anything to do with it, did it? Well, it, it, it you know, the, the hard work comes along with it, but you got to have a base there, you know. Well, we're proud of everything you've done. Okay, well, I, I can tell you that. I sure do appreciate that. Good to talk to you. David, yeah, we appreciate you. the phone call as well. That's uh, that's David in Auburn joining us there on the program. I tell you, the, these these tough man stories are fun just because growing up in the mid-90s, you know, it's it's not something that I hear of 
as much now. And and this was happening when I was coming into the world. So uh, just to kind of hear the, these stories and that sort of thing, uh, Danny, it's, it's fun to, to learn what this was, this tough man world sort of was. And I know Tom was talking about folks getting to see the, the videos of this taking place at one of the other nights over at Fat Daddy's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, JJ, and Danny can attest to this. These are... These are bruiser guys, but these are not fat, out of shape, just sluggers just getting in there and throwing their arms around. I mean, these dudes were, I mean, these these guys look like monsters. Yeah. Well, by, by the time I got there, and, and uh, Butterbean said it in the beginning, he said, look, these guys were good back when I was in. He said, but they're working out now. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like Tom said, when you looked at all of them, you could tell these guys were all in shape and ready to go. So, you know, I look. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and it's a, a one minute round, and I mean, they, they, like I said it before, there's no dancing around. It, right. The bell rings, and I mean, fists are going, it, and it's it's no let up because, like Danny said, if you let up, you're gonna get knocked down, or you're gonna not get that decision. So tough man competitions, amateur boxing, as you're saying, and, and there were opportunities for some folks to then start a professional career out of this, right? Right. Uh, Tommy Morrison started with the tough man. Greg Haugen started with the tough man. Butterbean started with the tough man, and he ended up being like Butterbean ended up being. You know, he's from Jasper, Alabama. Ended up being uh, the so-called king of the four rounders, yeah. but he ended up fighting uh larry holmes a, a 10 round fight you know uh, wow pretty good so. did, did any professional opportunities come your way was that ever a thought that you entertained uh no not really because because <laughs> i was looking at the one minute rounds and i was spent after that and i couldn't imagine going three minutes yeah. i mean you know i'd be laying on the floor <laughs> oh, well, this has been awesome, Danny. We really appreciate you coming by to hang out with us a little bit today. And uh, we'll have to get you back on the program sometime soon, all right? I'll be willing to come anytime you want. I got I got plenty more stories. And that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's Danny Skutak. He's joining us here on the program. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next time out here on the show. And Sports Call will continue here in just a few moments. Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, back on the program, it's Sports Call, WTGZ 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy. And our thanks again to Danny Skutak for stopping by, saying hello to us. How, how in shape is that, dude? It's crazy. I, I kept uh, looking at the biceps a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> my, oh, my. I, in the commercial break, I was outside talking to some of our other guys, and, they, and all of them were just like, oh, my gosh. They are like, that dude is built yeah like 
yeah, I mean, he, he's in his he, Danny's in his sixties now. Dude still works out and still, you know, gets in the ring and does his thing. I mean, the dude's in shape. He, he, no denying that. Yeah. No denying that. And I would not want to get in the ring with him. Yeah, for a nineteen-year-old to make that decision here recently. <laughs> I mean, that it's it's at the end of the old saying, age is just a number, right? Because I'm yeah. sure there there's got to if I got the nineteen-year-old's perspective. I bet there was some of that going on when he was going professionally in his mid to late 30s i bet some of those 20 somethings thought oh this yeah, right this old man not gonna yeah. move as well and that sort of thing yeah we'll handle this old man and right that didn't turn out that way they were wrong <laughs> they were yeah. wrong yeah that's why i want to i do want to see these videos tom just to kind of oh, see yeah. what the atmosphere was like and and that sort of thing yeah uh yeah i mean the atmosphere i mean there's big crowds uh I mean, this is like I said, UFC at that time, UFC didn't exist. Right. There, there was boxing, and, and of course, you know, in those days, uh, I guess in those in those days, Mike Tyson would have been the thing in the in the '96. And this was a question: Are they wearing gloves, or is yeah. this just bare fists? No, it's gloves. Okay, they, they've got gloves on, um, but no headgear. Now they they switched for safety precautions. They ended up switching and using headgear later on, but at this time, there's no headgear, but there were boxing gloves. Uh, I don't know the size of them uh, compared to regular boxing. Right. I'm assuming they were the same, but um, but they were uh, gloves. And uh, but it, you know, yeah, you just had shorter rounds, and so the matches go quicker. Uh, and as we mentioned in that interview with Danny, there's there's no dancing around in this. I mean, the bell rings, and I mean they're coming out swinging. A lot of times it's kind of wild swinging. You know, it, it is amateur, and so you don't have a lot of that boxing technique. Uh, necessarily uh, that you would see in professional boxing. Um, so it's, it kind of turns into more of just a, a fight. I mean, they're they're just <laughs> they're fighting each other in the ring. And, uh, yeah, Danny was one of the best there was. I don't know that I would ever be able to do something like that. I know. I'm not tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just – I mean, in, in a way, in my head, I'm like, yeah, how would I fake? Because everybody wants to kind of – mentally right. could i do something like that but i'm just i don't know that i could i don't know that yeah, I, could. I, I thought i was being tough because i uh injured a ligament in my finger and kept playing our softball team last year <laughs> yeah. so i don't think that's yeah. quite the same right. level there. Uh, the, yeah the, these are dudes that get hit and split their foreheads wide open and bleeding all over their face and they still keep going right Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger nine. If you want to call in to be a part of the show, and how about the story with with uh, little train Lionel James and yeah Pat Dye walking into the first team meet? Who are you? What do you play? <laughs> yeah. And look, because yeah, Lionel James is a, a small guy. Yeah, little train makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. He looks at Lionel James. And he's like, eh, this is what's wrong with this program. <laughs> yeah. we, we've got little dudes like this on here. It's like, hey, that's your star running back there, right, son. <laughs> right. And, and just to, obviously getting to meet Danny for the first time today, hearing him say the story of, okay, my, my senior year, my Iron Bowl, I want to show somebody I'm not going to shake their hand before the game. I'm going to go out there and yeah. not shake their hand and walk back and – didn't have a good game. And to, to, uh, and to, his credit, <laughs> to his credit, these he, years later, reflecting on it, reflecting on, he said, you know, and it, well, he said also, I did that, and he's like, that was not like me. He's like, that, that's not who I was even back then. I was not like that, and he's like, I don't know what got into me, but I mean, it happens. Yeah, 
I guess I guess reflecting on things the baseball player from Tennessee that flipped off the outfielders, I guess maybe once he gets older, he's like, hey, you know, that wasn't like me. Just kind of he was the moment I decided to throw the bird at the opposing team. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that Let's one. Let's give Jordan Beck some time and call him 25 years Jordan, from now. That was Jordan Beck. That's and, right. And see, uh, see how he feels about <laughs> that move that he made for sure. For sure. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. Marty sent us a message a moment ago. Great name from the past. Glad to hear from Danny Skutak. So, Marty, we appreciate the Twitter love that you just gave us. All right, we got to take another break here on the program. On the other side, our show will continue. This is Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson here with Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy, who's now having microphone problems. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is fascinating. Live radio, live radio. <laughs> taking place right now. Um, I'm just gonna sit here and hold the microphone in my yeah. hand. <laughs> we will. I think you were on the being able to fit. We were I, heading in the just, right direction. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it worked out in a commercial break. We've got a little bit till Let's that go ahead takes take place. One. <laughs> yeah, if we uh, if we had the capability to do something like that. Um, like a, I feel like a rock star sitting here holding the mic in my hand. Yeah, we'll, we'll make this work for a little bit. Start then. singing here in a little bit. No. No kidding. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Auburn left today. The team got on the bus and they started to head to Omaha. They headed to Omaha and they will be playing in the College World Series. Auburn will take on Ole Miss in the first game. They will play Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. The game will be televised on ESPN2. You can watch the or listen to the game on FM Talk 93.9. The game before will be Stanford versus Arkansas. The festivities start on Friday. Texas A&M and Oklahoma and then Texas takes on Notre Dame. So as Ryan was pointing out a little bit earlier, when Auburn was there in 2019, Auburn played Mississippi State first. Now they're playing another team from Mississippi. It's Ole Miss. The other similarity, when Auburn was last there in 2019, there was also four SEC teams in the field, and Auburn was in the bracket that three SEC teams were also positioned in. So bracket one again this year, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, and Notre Dame. Bracket two, 
Auburn, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Stanford. So some similarities between the 19 and 22 College World Series. But there's six SEC teams if you (laughs) (laughs) you count the future. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But um, Tom's got his mic mic fixed now, so we're good over there. Oh yeah. The one thing I hope a similarity ends though. Do y'all remember how that game went against Mississippi State? Well, obviously, Auburn did not win it. Well, they didn't. I looked back at like, yesterday. Auburn had a 4-1 lead going into the ninth inning. And and and, and had the last out, easy ground ball to third base. And Edouard Julian had a throwing error. Uh, yeah, but he, got, he like triple pumped, and it would have ended the game. Auburn would have won, and he threw it and sailed it yeah. over first base, and it ended up leading he to – He had a missing. home run and three RBIs that game. Did, did a lot at the bat at, at the plate to help Auburn yeah. score the runs. But, yeah, unfortunately had a costly error at the it was end like of the game. He, it, it was like he was he was hesitating to throw the ball, so he, he kept, like, clutching, like, pumping. And then when he finally threw it, he airmailed it and ultimately led to the Mississippi State winning that one. Mm. But – so yeah, no more similarities like that. I would take a four to one lead in the ninth, though. Sure. Yeah, like, like let's repeat <laughs> yeah. that for I, real. Let's repeat this is that literally every, everything but up until the finish. Yeah. Uh, but but certainly what this Auburn team able to accomplish uh, on a season, as Tom mentioned at the beginning of the show, and a lot of people are aware of, you know, being picked to finish last. Uh, in the SEC West, and uh, look, the, the team did not have a good season last year. We all know that, and they lost some of their best players from that team. So, I, you know, everyone going on a parade that uh, shows the prognosticators. Well, I, I think it was reasonable to expect Auburn would not have a big season this year, uh, but Auburn, to its credit, developed at a high level. Obviously, brought in impact transfers. Sonny DeShera being, of course, chief among them. And they just had a, a boom season. And that kind of goes into, again, what Butch Thompson's been able to do, that Auburn's been really good for four or five, six years now, with the only exception really being last year. Uh, they have had multiple deep teams now into the NCAA tournament because even talking about teams other than the two – College World Series teams, they had lost in a super regional before um, to Florida, and they had had a, a couple other NCAA tournament appearances. So um, this team has had, or, or this program, I should say, under Butch Thompson, has had some really quality teams. And so last year has uh, turned out to be quite the exception to the norm, which is uh, a team that's capable of making a, a run in in May and into June. And, uh, again, this team finally got to host a regional, so we got to have a, a team dogpile at home. But, again, still having to go all the way to the other side of the country against a top-five team to advance to the College World Series again, It was that that's a difficult – I mean, that's – I'm not in the business of saying well, whose road was most difficult. Obviously, right. when you beat number one Tennessee, I think Notre Dame would, could easily say they had the toughest road. But uh, – it's not easy to achieve what Auburn did between two teams that, you know, at one point in the season could have hosted in the, in the regional. When you're talking about UCLA and Florida State, and then to go to number three Oregon State uh, out in Corvallis and win that Auburn. Auburn did not get here by just playing a bunch of pansies, as we all know. They they played really good baseball and beat some good teams. Last night on the SEC Network, they premiered a documentary. It was an ESPN 30 for 30 presentation, long form documentary documenting and chronicling Mississippi State's 
championship run a season ago in the 2021 College World Series. It was the first team championship in the history of Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics. And a conversation that the team was having amongst themselves was sort of the lead up to the event itself. The days in between the Super Regional and the College World Series getting started. The first time the Bulldogs had been there just a few years prior, the 19 season in particular that they were discussing, they there was just so much. All the bright lights. ESPN is filming promo shoots and taking photos and there's a full media day production that kind of goes into it. And for this Auburn team, which Thompson talking about the fact that it has Case and Hal, Brody Moore, and Carson Skipper, three guys that were a part of that 2019 run to the World Series, I think that leadership is going to be important for the team as well. So it's not as big of a fanfare, as big of a scene as it could be if it were a team like Notre Dame, who as a program hasn't been to this event since 2002. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, obviously they, from their rhetoric, they expect to try and win this, you know, and one of eight teams remaining, they obviously have a, a chance to do that. And given that Tennessee, the best team in the country, is not here, you know, why not anybody in this field? Because it really was, and some people might push back on it because they ultimately didn't make it here. But I, I don't think, I don't think two or three games uh, override sixty games. Tennessee was easily the best team in the country this year. It was not very close, and so. For them to founder the way they did and not even make this, um, it's got to be a renewed sense of confidence. Not that not that the teams over that, that made it, you know, would not have any confidence or would not have the belief they could knock off Tennessee. But when you see the top dog go out, yeah, as you would see the number one seed go out in, in a NCAA tournament, you say, well, then I don't think team number seven over here is better than us well there's no talent gap here anymore or there's no you know no fear of this team and uh when you look at the teams here obviously auburn did not win the series against Ole miss but uh they they beat texas a&m in, in a series this year and they were very competitive with arkansas uh in, in the series so so auburn has played uh competent baseball against the the teams here and, and so, yeah, well, they, they they expect to have a chance to win this. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know who a clear favorite would be. And I, and I think I saw a, a stat um, that the number one team has been having trouble even making the College World Series in recent years and that the number one seed has not won uh, in a little while, 1999, Miami, yeah. I think, yeah. was the last number one seed. So, so this is a, this is a, a, a deal here where um, it, it's been it's been pretty open to, to who can win this thing, and and um, Auburn was still as a top sixteen team. It wouldn't be just completely unheard of if yeah. they won. So, um, yeah, I think Auburn should have all the belief in the world that they can get it done. Auburn will play on Saturday against Ole Miss, six o'clock Central start on ESPN2. If Auburn wins, they will play on Monday. They will play the winner of Stanford versus Arkansas. If Auburn loses, they will play on Monday. So Auburn will not play baseball on Father's Day, which is Sunday. Their bracket does not play. So it's Saturday, Monday, 
match up and kind of schedule ahead for the Auburn Tigers baseball team. As we talk baseball here, a couple of minutes left in the hour, and then we've got Wacky Wednesday coming up in the final hour. Brooks Childress set to join us here inside our studio talking about baseball. The Atlanta Braves, they've got a 13-game winning streak. They don't want to lose, and uh, we're okay with that. We are very much so okay with that. 13 in a row. 13 in a row, uh, gaining a lot of ground on the New York Mets, uh, which is what they needed to do is is get it close. Uh, We talked about when the Braves were struggling that one of the worst things they could do is let the Mets get out to a huge, huge lead on them to make it that much more difficult to try to catch them for that division. Yeah, Uh, This winning streak has, has really pulled them close to the Mets now and and yeah they got to keep it going but uh you know it's going to be tough uh but the, you hate to see with uh Ozzy Albies uh going out with the uh, broken foot he had surgery today on that uh don't know what the length of time that they're looking that they're going to be without him but uh obviously if it's a broken bone it's not going to be anytime soon that he'll be back won't be tomorrow there. it won't be tomorrow so uh you know that's a that's a tough tough one to lose but you know, they succeeded last year without Acuna for the majority of the season. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And uh, Orlando Arcia is going to get uh, a lot of run here. And and look, the, the beautiful thing about baseball is guys can have abnormally great seasons. Like, like I think far less in other sports. Like, all of a sudden, an eight-point-per-game basketball player for six or seven years is not going to score 22 all of a sudden in his eighth season. Um, But in baseball, a career, say, 240 hitter can absolutely have a season where they accidentally hit 295 (laughs) or a 15-home run guy all of a sudden hits 28. And R.C. is a guy that's always had some pop in his bat, but he's never really had a a long period of time of playing because he'll usually kind of tail off and hit about 230 or 240, 220, something like that. But what if this is what if for fifty games he can hit two eighty yeah. and, and hit ten or fifteen home runs? All of a sudden, production wise, you've not lost much, or if anything. And so that's that's kind of what they did in the aggregate again with Acuna down last year. Is right. yeah, not one person stole the bases he did. Not one person hit two ninety. Not one person hit. 35 or 40 home runs like Acuna did, but when you combined Duvall and Peterson and Rosario, everything that, or Solaire, everything that they added, they combined to add above and beyond Acuna's production. And so that's what you hope is that RC doesn't have to be some amazing player for the entirety of the season, but in the two to three months, all of these is out, if he can just have a decent do a decent job and then Gosselin comes in for a few starts here and there and just hits 265 and doesn't you know just stink the place up and, and make errors then all of a sudden you've not lost a, a ton to your lineup because always hitting about 250 with I think eight or nine home runs that's not something that is just un- irreplaceable. As good as Ozzy Albies is, as capable as he is, and as steel of a contract as he's on for the Braves, uh, the Braves have ex- experience in-, in holding their ground when they lose a-, a top player, and I believe they can do it again. The Braves will take on the Washington Nationals today. They'll take on the Nationals tonight, trying to make their winning streak 14 games in a row. 334-887-3401 on our Auburn Bank phone line. Ed from Auburn. Ed has called into the program hello there ed hey jj how you doing buddy? i'm well how are you sir i'm doing uh good I'm to doing hear from you 
it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's been a kind of a rough little, little stretch of some things going on. But oh, uh, did you have Danny Skutak on this? I did. On? Yeah, Danny Skutak was in studio. <laughs> he's a he's a very good old friend. My my brother called me and told me that y'all had him on. I could tell you so many stories about me. You know, a good friend of mine, but he, he he's. He just, he's who he is. And uh, I, I can remember, not only was he a good football player, but he could fight. And, and people, we would go to a place, and every time, I never saw a game start a fight, but somebody would come up and want to fight. And it didn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about his tough man competition days and that sort of thing. It was a fun chat we had with him. Yeah, and another good friend of mine kind of uh, kind of helped him out with that. Yeah, a tough man, and you know he, he made it all the way. But anyway, uh, guys, I just wanted to call and tell you, you know, good to hear you. And uh, War Eagle, I, I'm really pulling for the baseball team. And, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, that, I, 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 I hope y'all have a great day. Perfect. Good to hear from you, Ed. It's always a pleasure to uh, hear from you, Ed. And if you missed the conversation we had with uh, with Danny Skutak, you can always go back and listen to it on That's our right. podcast. Our podcast is available wherever you find podcasts. Also, check it out on our website, thetiger.fm. All right, we got to take a break. We've run out of time here in hour number two. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy, my name is J.J. Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today, Wednesday. June 15th, 2022, Insider Studios. My name is J.J. Jackson. I've got Tom Peavy. And Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, now joining us on the show. Hello, Brooks. What's up? Uh, I hope you're doing well, sir. I am doing well. Well, you've had a fun show so far. I've Enjoyed heard. getting uh, Danny Skutak here in studio. Yeah, great interview. Fun to Proud hear him guys. tell stories. And uh, again, thanks to Tom for efforting that and uh, bringing him here in our studio. A lot of people I calling in. and have to get him back in here sometime. We will. We will. I appreciate Ed calling in to say that... Uh, his brother was actually listening, so shout out to Ed's brother uh, for, for listening and, and giving Ed the heads up that Danny was in here. And again, if anybody missed that, it's always available on our Sports Call podcast. And we're going to have some exciting Sports Call podcast news for folks tomorrow to announce here on the program. So looking forward to making that announcement uh, here on Tiger 95.9 FM, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU. All right, uh, we're going to get set for Wacky Wednesday, and this has just become something that we look forward to each and every week, Tom, right? It is, and it's always just funny how that started. Just a random 
a random Could you convers- describe it as wacky? <laughs> it was That's how it started. It's it pretty was, wacky. I, I would describe it. Well, it was just one of those deals. Like it, we just kind of went off the rails. We, the show just kind of went off the rails, and we just went with it, and it has now turned into a it's thing. It's turned into a thing. And it's a very popular thing. The people want it, and so uh, we I like have to had, deliver. I, I have had so many people that I've met that know that I do the radio show and all, and they're like, that is some of the greatest stuff. I love listening to Wednesdays when y'all start doing all the crazy stuff. Like, I mean, apparently it has become a thing that people really look forward to and, listening to. And the part of it that we've been so successful is just not doing the same thing over right. and over again. But I we, do want to do more stories with We Tom are. And that's why, actually, this is good for me to say this. Okay. Next week. Next Wednesday. I need to put some stories together. We're going back to story time with Tom okay. Peavy. I've got it. Next I'll, I'll Wednesday bring the marshmallows. is story yeah. time with Tom Peavy. I, I've got a, I got a good one on tap. Yeah. Called good. the Pincher Man. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Wow. I can't wait to hear about the Pincher Man. That's, uh, <laughs> I hope it's. I hope it scares shit. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Today on Wacky Wednesday, this came about on a Thursday. A week ago, and it's by a now complete accident. by a complete accident, and we're bringing it over to the Wednesday format because so many people wanted us to do this, continue doing this. We got so much feedback, so many people engaged, and so we're now doing Sports Call's version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I'm not. <laughs> Doesn't that just take you back some memories from five years ago? I'm not Jeff Foxworthy, but man, this is exciting. How about are you smarter than a fifth grader? Jeff Foxworthy hosting a game show. Yeah, that was that was the wildest (laughs) part about it. It was that Jeff Foxworthy was one hosting it. Yes. So here's where we are. It's are you smarter than a fifth grader? And as we did last week, I am going to get forewarning. I am going to get obnoxiously upset. At the difficulty of these questions, yep. given the grades <laughs> that are associated with them. Yep. There is nothing competitive about Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader Sports Call version. We don't have fun prizes. We don't have money figures to give out. This is in the spirit of team competition. However... And making us look dumb. <laughs> and making us look dumb. However, each question will be geared to one of the three individuals here in the studio there are five subjects associated with Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader in our grade levels, first through fifth grade. So Brooks has the spinny wheel of fun, and Brooks literally has a wheel that will spin, and it's going to decide the category for us, and then we'll proceed to move forward. Uh, we'll go about three questions each, take a break, and come back and repeat the fun. So hey. without further ado, Are You Smarter then a fifth grader, and I'm going to go first, Brooks. All right. I'll set the tone for us. Oh. We hear the spinning hear wheel. The spinning wheel. Didn't know you could hear it. Uh, I thought we were getting a weather alert there. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. 
Oh man, it's making our selection for us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to turn that down. Um, so JJ, you are getting tagged really early. You're going fifth grade history. Oh, oh man! Oh no! History is my uh, least favorite subject. I did not pay attention very often. So fifth grade history. Okay, is I'm where ready. We're starting for this. off. So strong start here. What was the name of the last queen? of France. Wow. <laughs> what was the name of the last queen of France? What was the name of the last queen of France? The, so do they currently have a queen? They do or? not. They have a, they have a president. <laughs> the last queen. When I hear queen, I think Queen Elizabeth. Well, that would be You know, but that, that would that's be wrong. not what I'm going to turn in as an That would be I wrong. I, I, I don't know. Nothing is coming to mind right now, so this will very, be very just famous. an utter guess. Very famous. Yeah, so now I'm feeling worse about myself. Uh, Rachel is a name that's in my mind, but who the hell has ever heard of a queen, Rachel? <laughs> Rachel. Uh, great name, just don't know that a queen's been associated Raquel. with it. I'm going to say Queen Mary. I'm going to say Queen Mary was the last queen of France. That is incorrect, sir. Ah! Can anybody help me out? I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. This is a team competition. Yeah, what do you I know? Guys, smart Alex and say, Do you think Marie? you knew this in fifth grade, Tom? Do you think you would have known this in fifth grade? No. I really don't so, think so. By heart, no, but this sounds like subject matter you would go over. I'm, I'm going to be objective here. You really okay? feel that way? I'm saying, would I know this by heart? Obviously, I'd not. But I'm saying this is something I feel like in could be in a, in a world history book. Okay. Yeah, I feel okay. like this could be in there. I was just going to be a smart ally and say, oh, Queen of France, Queen Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't know. Wrong. Who's the last Queen of France? Tom, did you have a guess? I, no, so my girlfriend sent me a message that said Marie Antoinette. That is correct. All right. It is Marie Antoinette. So Michelle. Michelle's doing amazing things for us. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. All right. All right. Who's next? Tom uh, or Ryan? Tom is, Tom is next. All right, Tom. Let's see where you go. The good thing is is we, we take out the subject after it, so there's no more fifth grade history questions. We don't have any more of those. No. They're done. No more fifth grade get, history. As long as I don't get stuck with math. Well, you're not going to get stuck with math. You are going to get stuck with a fourth grade science question. <laughs> okay. We did the wheel spin without knowing? Yeah, I turned it down. Okay. Do you, would you like yeah, me to I, that keep was a it little turned off? That was too much for people? Okay, yeah, fine. Was a bit loud. Fine, we'll, yeah. we'll keep it turned off. I All thought right. it was an exciting well, twist. If you want me to turn it back up, I can turn no, it back up. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. What is it? Fourth grade? Fourth grade science. Okay. Fourth right. grade science. All right, Tom. What planet is nicknamed the Red Planet? Mars. That is correct. For the record, I think we knew that in fourth grade. I, oh, I, oh, oh! Well, you, you would have gotten that right, though, right? I don't know. Oh no! <laughs> Mars is the red planet, right? Is Pluto the purple planet? No, well, Pluto. I've got news for you. Pluto is the one that's a planet, and then it's not a planet, and then it's a planet, yeah, and then it's, it's the, not a planet. It, I don't Pluto's know the further, Pluto's the furthest away in the solar in, system. In, yeah, it was a planet, then not a planet, and then I think they decided to classify it back again as a planet. That's what I was saying. Like there yeah. was. There was a, a Pluto is back tour. Is it still back? Yeah. I thought they okay. just said it was a dwarf planet. It's still a planet. Ah. Okay. It revolves. I don't it, know. It, 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 they're really what? For a while, around. they're like, no, Pluto is not a planet. And then everybody's world was rocked. Yeah. And then now we're back to Pluto is a planet. Yeah. Okay. Pluto is a planet. Beats me. We're back. Uh, have you ever seen Mars is red. Mars <laughs> is red. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
Have you ever watched? And Man, I know, I, can, I know I at least two people in here have not. Tom, have you seen uh, Uranus? No, no. <laughs> have you seen Rick and Morty? <laughs> yes. You've seen? Have you seen the the Pluto as a planet episode? Mm, I don't think okay. I have. No. There's a whole episode where they're going back and forth of if Pluto is a planet, mm. and it's just it's hilarious. There, there are there a, any other planets that are associated with colors? No, no. That I'm aware of. I mean, you can d- I can identify planets as like yeah. different colors, but like none of them are known as the blank planet. Yeah. yeah. So everything else would yeah okay yeah. that's just, why I wanted to make Pluto the purple planet. There, there's a cool thing I've seen. Uh, somebody was like superimposed like it's a, a scene like you would just walk outside and it's like if the if certain planets were as close to the Earth as the Moon, what it would look like. That's fascinating to see like uh, what uh, uh, Jupiter and Saturn would look like. It would almost take up the entire sky. If those planets Dang, were man. as close as the moon, it's just it's spectacular, like, seeing that superimposed. I think we're ready for Ryan's first question. All right, Ryan, you are going with a fourth grade geography question. Let's get all these tough grades okay. out of the all way. Right. I like this. Fourth grade geography, Can it be Ryan. U.S. geography? <laughs> what is the largest country by size? Oh, okay. I think... Uh I, I, so I shouldn't overthink this. I feel like pretty strongly it should be Russia by by just talking about by by land by size. By, by, so I mean, size matters. Um, yeah, if it's not populated, if it's just size. Yeah, I, I, Russia. Final answer. Yep, it is correct. Yeah. It is Russia. All right. I was like a nervous, like I was had a three foot putt. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just a little downhill. Don't get the yips. Just, just, just tip it. I don't think there's many that are really even close to that in land. Did we know that in fourth grade though? Why do I not remember I get, elementary school? That JJ, I don't know what that. it sounds to me like <laughs> is that you just didn't attend elementary yeah. school. <laughs> so, I was there, but not there. Yeah. You know? Like again, I mean, I can't remember everything. Obviously. I don't remember, but you got to ask yourself in science, or I guess in this case, geography, would you have known about the U.S. by fourth grade or in fourth grade? And what other topics would be kind of relevant, like the biggest country, the smallest country, you know, that type of thing. And I, I think it's plausible. Yeah. I definitely don't know what the smallest country is because there's and some it, tiny little countries yeah. out there. You ever play uh, Wordle? You're not a hurdle. You're not a wordle guy, Tom. Are you? Nah, we played it that one time in here. So there, that's the only a, time I've ever done wordle. There is a game that I play every single day called Wordle, and all they do is they give you the outline of a country, and you have to guess what it is, and it gives you like how close you are in kilometers from from getting it right. Some of them, some of these like Pacific Islands. You're pretty just good at it. I'd be miserable. Absolutely yeah. atrocious. Or I, I am miserable at it. All right. JJ, are you ready? My turn. Last time. <laughs> All right, second grader. Last time. <laughs> my turn. My turn. Your last one was a fifth grade history question. I like yes. friends. <laughs> we're going to stay in fifth grade. Yes. Oh, okay. We're going to go to fifth grade English. This okay. thing does not want us to do anything. <laughs> okay. Fifth grade English this yes. is? All right. All right. The what diagram I- of sentence. <laughs> 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 that was like seventh grade, but still. All right. So your fifth grade English question. I almost said the first one. We used the first one last week, so I can't use that one again. What is the name of the most famous English playwright? What is the name of the most famous English playwright? I mean, is it William Shakespeare? Is that your final answer? That's what's coming to mind, and if it's not, I don't know where to go from there. 
I'm going to say William Shakespeare. That's correct. Okay. That a boy. Right. He he backed his way into that one. All right. I, I feel think good I about that. JJ, I don't know that I knew that. I might have known that in fifth grade, maybe. For everybody, you would have read some shake or known us yeah. Shakespeare by fifth grade. Uh, I feel like. By the way, I, uh, I uh, Michelle again sending in some uh, tidbits of information. The smallest country is the Vatican City. Oh, true. Uh-huh. I love that. Oh. I love that. Weird to think that the Vatican City is a country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's literally called it's, City. Well, that's why. It's in the middle of Rome, too. So it's like yeah. Rome is all around it, and Vatican City is right yeah. in the middle. But it when is you technically said the, its when own When you country. said the question, yes. right, and Russia is the right answer, and Ryan is smart, and I don't know that I would have gone there right out of the gates because I just had to do a lot of thinking, and then my head started to hurt. Because then I was like, well, <laughs> Australia is a continent. But it also doubles out of country, correct? Yes, that's yep. correct. So it, it's, it's, a, a double it's a double agent. doozy, yeah. you know? And and I was like, well, that's pretty large. But it Russia large, was the right yeah. answer. And William Shakespeare was just the right answer. That's correct. I got it right, and now it's Tom Peavy's turn. All right, Tom. All right. We're going to stay in English. Okay. And we're going to go down a few grades to second grade. There we second go. Second grade English. Oh, boy. I like turtles. <laughs> I have a complete sentence. <laughs> I like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> All right, your question for second grade English. Okay. What type of literature features magical creatures such as giants, gnomes, and goblins? Was it fantasy? Is that what... Is that your final answer? Sure. I can give it to you on a technicality, but that's not what we were looking for. So are are, are they looking for just fiction? Oh, fiction versus nonfiction. Yeah. That's also not. What? No. Okay. No, this. No. No. What type of literature? What type of literature features magical creatures such as giants, gnomes, and goblins? And it's not fantasy or fiction. That's correct. Goblins. Is it like? Is it what? What like a like a like a like a like a fairy tale? A, a folk a folklore? A, a, a tale? Would you like to just oh. specific specify there? I'm gonna say a tale. A tale. Half of that. A fairy, fairy tale. tale. That's correct. There's a fairy that we're looking for fairy tales. I would have said princess uh, uh, among the description. That's a tr- that's see that's a tricky question because that could be answered in so many ways. Yeah, I mean fantasy, I was with Tom fantasy, on the fantasy is, yeah, yeah, fantasy. And is, Jeff Foxworthy just took you know a lot of money from somebody over that yep. question. Yes, SMH. No wonder you can't win. <laughs> no wonder. Ryan, you ready some, for if someone has won, are you smarter than a fifth grader? That's the next interview I want to land on this show. Was he going to say that? Well, I guess I figured out. You know, this was. I have at least sixth grade knowledge. So. Exactly smarter than a fifth grader. Exactly. All right, you ready? Uh, I'll, yes. I'll reach out to Foxworthy and uh, see if we can't get him in studio and play this game. With yeah, Foxworthy exactly. Play it with him. Host, yeah. Reverse the roles. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, are you ready? No. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to stay in English again. Yes. We've had oh a fifth my. grade English, a second grade English. We're going to uh-huh. keep going down a first grade English for Ryan. I first grade. You. Okay. Verb. (laughs) Noun. Your first grade English question, Ryan. What is the past tense word for run? Ran. That's correct. (laughs) I ran into first place. I like it. I like it. Let's go. I like it. Yes, that was that first grade right there. Can confirm. You think so? Feels right. if If you don't have that in first grade English, you don't have English. 
what, yeah, what was, else you would know, you do? You're just doing past yeah. and present. I mean, did you, did you read Run Dog Run when you were a kid? No. What the heck? Run Dog Run? Did you read that? Is that the one where he, he, they like... Where the dog all, runs? They get in all the cars <laughs> at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did read that. It's my turn, right? But you learn, but you learn yeah. like your tenses yes. from that mm-hmm. book. Yes. My turn. All right, JJ, your third question of the day. My turn. You're going back to history. <laughs> of course. You didn't do so well the last time, so we're going to take it down a few notches. First grade history. There we go. What was my first question again? The Who was the last queen of France? Yeah, who Marie knows? Antoinette. Let them <laughs> eat knows? cake. That's the famous line. Let them eat cake. That's her famous quote. Okay. All right, so your first grade history question. I'll Fun quote. Yeah. I like cake. What <laughs> language is the most widely spoken in South America? Latin was the first thing that came to mind, but that's not what I'm going to submit as an answer. In South America? In South America. What was the question again? What, what language, language is the most widely spoken in South America? And I promise you, I did not know this in first grade. Yeah, and nobody this is, did. I, would I promise you, this nobody knew this in first grade. There is no way. I'm torn between Spanish and Portuguese. If I'm if I'm putting it out there on the table. I, yeah. I, I, I'm i torn between those two. I'm going to go Spanish. I'm going to lock in Spanish. Final answer? Final answer. It is, in fact, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bra- I did not know that in first grade. Brazil Brazil is Portuguese. Right. Uh, everybody else is pretty much Spanish. Okay. So, yeah. You just have to think. I just don't know if you get asked that. I don't. Grade. I didn't. Uh, nobody knew that in first grade. Like, that's where I got to call somebody and say, we didn't know that then. Tom's turn. Are you going to call? I don't know. Ghostbusters. <laughs> there it is. All right. Tom's turn. Tom. All right. We're going back to English for you. Okay. Apparently, the wheel thinks that you need some work in English. I guess so. All right. So, we're going to go back up to fourth grade, though. Fourth okay. grade English. All right. A story conveying a moral lesson is called what? Oh, I got this. No, I don't. I know it's not my question. A story conveying a moral lesson is called what? This is a team project. Oh my if gosh. he feels good, great, because I don't know. Can I phone a friend? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'm not sure. This is a team competition. We're answering as a team? Yes, I said, I literally... I That's not was, how we've been operating. I would have yelled at you Spanish <laughs> uh, the question before. I've been, I've been saying somebody could take the lead, but nobody wins in this. Nobody. We're a team. Okay. Did I not the, make that okay, very clear? Okay, then I... Hold on, So you want me to share my thought process out loud? But... But if you want me to direct your question at a certain person, that means you kind of want them to get the first Correct. go at answering Correct. it. Correct. But then I'm okay if they're like, hey, I don't know. I'm okay to talk it out. Okay. So I think it's fable. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is a fable. Okay. Good. Okay. I forgot that if was it a was, word. Okay. So I... When is what, the last time you cognitively thought about a fable? Just yeah. now, when I read the word. <laughs> I'm serious. When was... The, I don't know. I do not know the last time I thought about a fable. See, I, I would have been... I don't know. I, I would have guessed wrong. I'm going to tweet about fables tonight. I was not thinking of the word do fable. It. I just simply thought if it was a type of play, which he did not say it was, right. there is a such thing called a morality play. But then you have the word morale, or, or what did you say morals in yes. there or something like that? So I said, oh, it's not going to be, you're not looking for a type of play. And then I was like, I don't know at that point. So. But I'm just saying the inside fable. baseball. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't need our help. And now I just look like. But now, you haven't thought yeah. about a fable in 10 years. Uh, that's Ten correct. might be strong. That's factual. 
No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, when we get to high school, not within the last eight to ten years, probably. Yeah. Silly. I don't think we. I don't think in my English class or two we talked those in college. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's Ryan's third question of the day. My turn. Going back to science. Third grade this third time. Grade third science. grade science. I like I'll turtles. let you know if I, if I know anything, okay? <laughs> All right, man. Just I'll let communicate me know. that this time. All right, man. And everyone loved science in third grade. Ryan, what phenomenon might be felt on the surface when two tectonic plates rub against each other? Okay, so... Why are you when thinking two, about this one so much? So, because <laughs> the first thing I thought was something else... It should be an earthquake, right? Yeah. Earthquake? That's what I'm thinking. That's an earthquake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that your answer? Yeah. Earthquake. It is an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, that was what grade? What third. third. What, what else could that have possibly been? Well, I wanted to make sure it was an earthquake because you also have something called faults and fault lines, right? Well, yeah, but that's just, that's what the tectonic plates where they meet, that's a fault uh-huh. line. That's uh-huh. that's your fault okay. line. But well, that involves tectonic plates, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's not what the question was. Okay, well, yeah, but I'm three for three and you're not. So how about that? <laughs> it's a team competition. And it just did not become a team competition. Well, apparently if my teammate's dogging me for a question I still ultimately got right, there's not much of a team aspect Tom, what are you doing? <coughs> oh, Calling him out because of the easy question. <laughs> let's take a break. We, uh, we're halfway home. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Sports Calls version continues after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. You are listening to Sports Call Auburn, the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show in the state of Alabama. What's an Abbey Award? Well, it's presented annually by the Alabama Broadcasters Association, voted on, amongst other shows across the state, for the best sports talk show in the state of Alabama. And we have won that for back-to-back years. Uh, We appreciate everyone that calls in and listens to our show daily, whether that be live on radio, 95.9 FM here in the Auburn and Opelika area, whether that's on the Tiger Communications app on the go, wherever you go live, or by listening to the Sports Call podcast, all available on that app or whatever podcast platform that you so choose. If you are listening on a podcast, we would so greatly appreciate you leaving us a five-star rating and review. All of the reviews matter. If you could write out a written review for us, that means the most as well. The algorithms like that a whole lot. We're doing Sports Call's version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader Right Now? I'm J.J. Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Brooks Childress is firing these questions at us. Yes, indeed we are. We're playing Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Sports Call's version.
good. So, so good. Yes, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And uh, we're doing a great job so far. The team wins. Team competition individualized to each of us. And uh, here we are. My teammates, Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Brooks, yeah. give me uh, give me our, our next question. I think it's my turn. It is your turn. And we're going back to first grade for you. Okay. We've given you some difficult ones. We're going to first grade math. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. What did I know in first grade in the mathematics world? Your first grade math question. Okay. If you cut a quarter, a, a quarter, like a, a, a coin, okay. into thirds, okay. how many pieces would you have? Three. That's correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was your first grade math question. I did question. well, guys. <laughs> That's a math question I would have actually gotten correct. Yeah, I did well. I needed to specify because if, if it's I, a quarter, I was yeah. like a quarter of something. Yeah, that's what I, I, I was about to get very big eyed because I thought you meant like if you were to cut something that is one fourth into thirds. And I'm like, that is not first grade, <laughs> yeah. period. I don't not will not put that up for debate right. with anybody. You did not know how to fraction a fraction in first grade. Wow. So, but I wish, yeah, like a pie. I wish you yes. would have cut the pie in thirds, not, not a quarter. Yeah, that was a poorly phrased question by using a quarter, a coin. I like it. All right. All right. Tom's turn. Tom Peavy. We're going yep. to second grade history class. All right. I believe in you, Tom. Do you remember second grade history class? I don't remember yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but like in elementary school, for the in elementary school, we all had one teacher, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We Up all until had... fourth grade for me. Whoa. And Whoa. then we started switching classes in fourth grade. I didn't switch but it was just two teachers. Like we'd go, one teacher would teach the couple subjects, and then you go to the other one and come in back. Fourth and, grade. I yep. mean, yikes. Dang. Uh, Talk about social. I mean, that's just fourth crazy. or fifth grade. Maybe it was fifth grade. A little social anxiety for the young bucks like myself. <laughs> Kind of go talk to other people what, for a little bit. Yeah, wow. Well, no, it's the it same you? people. I could do yeah. sixth grade. Mine was seventh. Well, he, sixth grade, and then I was in that setup where mm. t- a teacher taught math yeah. and science, yeah. and then a teacher taught now, English yeah. and history. Now that I think and about then it, in high school is when it got yeah. all over the place, and it was I'm like a sure, teacher teaches I'm, class. I'm pretty sure over uh, when I was in elementary school, I'm pretty sure fourth grade was where we wow. started going multiple teachers. Wow. I think third grade was the last time I just had the one teacher. Fourth grade? Fourth grade. The more I think about it, it was definitely guys, fifth grade we started switching. You guys are switching. weird. Okay. What is our next question then for Tom? All right, Tom. Second grade history class. All right. Which war was fought between the North and South regions in the United States. Oh, that would be... Are you going to give me music? Oh, there we go. Uh, that would be the War of Northern Aggression. <laughs> that would be the Civil War. That is correct. It is the Civil War. I like it. We did a great job there. Good job, Tom. There you go. We did go a great team. job. <laughs> Tom's the only one that answers. All right. Ryan has been on a hot streak lately. I think he's gotten all three of his correct. Go ahead. So give me the fifth grade one of something. Well, we're we're not going to give you fifth grade. We're going to give you second grade. Okay. Let's go. All right. And we're going to go second grade geography. More geo. Okay. I think I had fourth grade geo earlier. Something like that. You did. You didn't have a... Was that the Russia question? That was the Russia question. All right. So your second grade geography question. If you fly from Los Angeles to Australia, what ocean do you cross? From Los Angeles, California to Australia. Um, well, I'm going to assume that we're coming off the West Coast. Yes, so, you are. You are. It's a so direct flight. We're uh, we're not going to take any uh, weird route. 
Uh, so we're going over the Pacific Ocean. That's what I would guess. Yeah. That is correct. I'm in agreement. That is correct. It is the Pacific Ocean. Let's go. We did it. That was that was gonna be harder than I was gonna make it out because I'm like, is there another ocean like out in the middle they, that we're gonna be attacking? And the crazy thing, those flights that go from Australia to Los Angeles, they they usually pass either directly over or really close to to Hawaii, so that that's an emergency landing spot. So that nice, interesting. Okay, all right. <laughs> More you know. Nice. More you know. I don't think I like you learned that. that second grade, though. No. Yeah, I was, about, I was about to say that. That was above second grade's pay, uh, pay grade. I don't even know that I knew the answer to that question in second grade, if I'm being honest. Uh, okay, well, okay. Here's, I, here's the thing. That's what I'm no, serious. No, I get out. mad at this. Time out. The way you, And my experience in time. second grade was better and different than yours. But no, listen, let me talk talk you through this, okay? Okay, I'm listening. Okay. Did you know the oceans in second grade? I don't remember. I'm going to assume most people knew what the names of the oceans were. And so all that is, it's just putting a more sophisticated spin on it. Okay? It's saying you need to know not only where... Do you think you knew the oceans in second grade? Yes. But what I was... For a second, I was just making sure that, okay, Australia is not going to somehow be over where you need to cross a different ocean. Right. And so that... Basically, it was telling... The question to me was like, do you know where Australia is? Because I know where California is, I know the Pacific Ocean is off that coast, but for some odd reason, do I need to go through Mexico and go down? For whatever reason. Obviously, you know, you're not going to go east to the Atlantic, but that's all I was thinking about. So I just got to make sure. It's just a more sophisticated way of saying, do you know what ocean is off of California? And you do. That's all it is. Yes. Okay. As well. JJ. My turn. It is your turn. We're going to stay in history. We're going to go up to third grade. Okay. Third grade history. What continent is the country of France located in? Oh, France. Continent. Oh, he's got more France because he had the Queen of France earlier. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Europe. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. Uh, One of these days, JJ's going to learn about French kissing. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) What grade is that in? Oh, no. (laughs) What grade does that happen? Uh, Later. Later? Later. (laughs) (laughs) Much later. That's more of a high school topic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Good job, team. (laughs) Yeah, great job, Tom. Yeah, good good job, job, Tom. Brooks did a good job there. Yeah. All right. Team question. competition. What's next? Tom. Yes. Oh, you've Tom. Had some, you've had some pretty easy ones so far. Oh, great. So, now so we're going to go to fourth grade math. Oh, boy. Here we go. You got this will math. actually this is, be what is a, thir- uh, a third of a fourth. This is what I... This If you need... Hold on. Do we have like a scratch pe- I, piece I've of got paper? A, oh, I've, no. got a, I've, got a, I've got a piece of paper. Does he have to show his work? No, but it, it may be good to work some stuff out because oh. this is one of those that you, I absolutely hated. Oh, oh no. Jesus. If a train leaves the station... Yes! Oh, yeah! Yes! If the, uh, but did we have this in fourth grade? Well, you see, if a train leaves the station and travels at 60 miles per hour, okay. Okay. one mile a minute, how much time will have passed when it arrives at a station 300 miles away? 300 oh, minutes. Oh, I got this. Can I, can I, can I say it for him? It's five hours. Okay, five hours. Which is also 300 final, minutes. Final answers? Yep. It is five hours or 300 minutes. We were looking for I got you, got teammate. Both. We there are on go. the same team. Do I get any love, too? You stood there. I said 300 minutes. You did say 300 minutes. Oh, okay. Minutes. I didn't hear you. 
I was I my I would my computer was you going just in my stay brain. In your own world. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when he said that, sixty miles an hour, that's just multiplication. I said there. a mile a minute, and I and then he said three hundred miles, and so I said three hundred minutes. The he okay. heard me. Yeah. Um, the strongest part of me as a little boy was multiplication stuff. I could I could cook people with nine times twelve and and stuff like that. Just absolutely cook you. One oh eight. By the way. <laughs> I was not good at math at all, so I'm glad you helped me out on that. <laughs> now, geometry, what? why is that angle doing that? I, I don't know what's going on there, guys. What is cosine? I thought that was when two people sign things. I don't know what's going on. What but. do we have next? Multiplying fractions. I thought rhombus was a dance move. <laughs> Multiply, multiplying fractions is what got me. I could never figure out how to multiply a fraction. Mm-hmm. And it was just absurd. And it's like you had to get it. Like, you have to multiply the fraction and then get it down to its lowest form like you know whatever it's seven twentieths you'd have to get it down to like three fifths and it's like this is just insanity mm. all right ryan we're not you you're obviously good at math i don't get a pass <laughs> no you're, you're good at math uh-huh we're gonna go to third grade english okay the person in a novel who tells the story from a third person perspective is called a what the narrator that is correct a narrator, narrator good job we, I mean, narrator. Because we, we also deal with that in movies too. Sometimes. Yes. You so, do. and that's that's why I would. Let me just let me just say I don't, I don't read, <laughs> I don't read, book, long books or anything. I only read articles, and so I would only continue to be aware of that because of movies, essentially. All right, JJ, Brooksy Brooks, your next one. We're going back to math. You were very emphatic with your three hundred minutes. Okay. Third grade math. Okay. How many minutes... I will help you if you need it. How many minutes are in a half hour? See, 30. Um, wow. That wasn't all, multiple choice, but <laughs> correct. And is that math? Yeah. I mean, How is that I math? I guess technically you learn time in math. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time was easy. But... To- I was just going to say that's its own. That's called Look common at, knowledge for people out there. <laughs> that's that's that category, I'd, right? There, that seems like a, you'd learn that earlier, though. Than I would say so. I would I would argue you would know that earlier. Yeah, I uh, agree with you. Speaking from experience as an elementary school teacher, in my head, um, <laughs> like Do you like slapping that, a D on somebody. Is, you like, you like someone getting a like, C or D? Is that your fantasy? Is to be <laughs> an elementary school teacher one day? When you talk about X. time, and then you talk about math. And you're telling them about my students about quarters, right? Uh-huh. And equating their a, a monetary value to a quarter, that's twenty five yeah. cents, right? Yes. But then I flip it over to time, and I use a quarter. Yes. They it's, might think twenty five yeah, for a little bit, you know. Would. And and yeah. there's that mental gymnastics. It's not fair to them that I have to tell them like, no, no, no. Now we're changing the greater greater sum. Changing the rules to sixty. And then it's 15, and we play it out that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah, you definitely, that was a part of you gotta, math. You got to think it about was. it a little bit. It was. Yeah. My, good, all my years job, of Jay. experience help. Good job. Yeah, thanks. All right, Tom. All right. <laughs> I feel like that fourth grade was a little bit too easy for you, so we're going to go up another one. Oh. Yeah. Fifth grade geography. For yeah. You. Okay. Tom's got this. We've got this. I thought you were going to like fifth grade math. I'm like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> Well, you know, you've got the stellar team of JJ and Ryan to help you with math mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. All right. Well, geography, I should be able Fifth grade to. Geography, you guys just help me out with the Queens in France. And, uh, Sorry, I couldn't help you out on that one. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be good to go. How many countries are in North America? 
All right, how many countries are in North America? Yeah, let's do it. I'll let Tom lead. Continent of North America, so the entirety of North America. Three. Is that your final answer? You're going to go Canada? Canada, U.S., Mexico. Okay. That is incorrect. Isn't there a Greenland somewhere? Um, there, there is a Greenland, but is, I, that's is, part of Europe. It's not because it's part, owned by Iceland. Okay. Okay. So, what am I missing here? Then three is incorrect. Those we, three are in there, but you've got a uh, quite a few more. Oh man, because you know I didn't even think about like Puerto Rico. They count. Well, Puerto Rico is part of the well, U.S. Well, that, that, that doesn't count. That's a, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, mm, Bermuda, Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. <laughs> would those be considered North America? They would. Key Largo, Montego. Baby, why don't we go? Kokomo. Beach Is that Boys? the Beach Boys? Be- thank okay, you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I knew the song instantly. I was trying it, to come up with the artist. Is Cuba considered North America? It is. Oh, okay. Wow. So we're so up to six. Tom was way. going... Um, to be... Oh, wait, I didn't the, even. The, I didn't even think about the islands. Right. I'm just thinking the landmass of North yeah. America. The three that matter. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Is it six? I don't even know how to help him out here because there are some. I mean, he's, he said. Would, would anybody like to register any sort of guess? He said three. And that well, it's was, obviously well, he not. He just added three more to make six. it six. Yeah. Are y'all going to stick with six? I want to throw I out. I feel like ten. there's more. I want to throw I'm out like ten. Eight. I'm going to throw out eight. Final answers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Both of those are incorrect. Because North America also consists of all of Central America down oh, to Panama. No! There are 23. Oh! <laughs> Canada, the United States, Mexico, all the sovereign states in the Caribbean and Central America. Central oh, America yeah, is not its own continent. Yeah. Oh. And South, somebody's got to like own Honduras South America, and, South America yeah. starts on the Panama border. And then everything north of there. Well, well we all failed miserably. Yeah. Huh? All right. Nicaragua is welcome. El Salvador. Shout out to the U.S. soccer team. That was fifth grade geography. That was fifth grade geography. Don't know that I knew that. Okay. I I definitely didn't know that. Yeah, not in fifth grade. I should have. I should have. I jumped on three way too quick. I didn't even think about the islands of like Bermuda and Bahamas and Cuba. But then I also was definitely not thinking south of Mexico. I can I can see how we would, what fifth grade that was fifth grade because that's just it's what it is is it's separating continents and we um, falsely did not. (laughs) <laughs> do that very well here but Aren't i can see how that was taught in fifth a grade. fifth grader sports calls version Apparently and our last question one. of the day belongs to mr ryan lavoy the last one all right ryan you're going out on a uh, going out on an easier note first yeah. grade science yes we can yes. do this i'm a human being i win haha <laughs> um, science i'll preface this with the answer is not nick saban okay all right, all right. what <laughs> causes tides <laughs> <laughs> that is not nick saban um what causes tides, first I guess. Grade? The, yeah. Huh? I'm asking, he's, this he's was a first grade first level grade question. question. It does feel a little more difficult than first grade, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, like tides in the water at the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. causes them? I don't not, know. I mean, to say, again, not the detergent either. I'd have to think. Nope. You could say out loud. You could, he's yeah. asking. Okay, moon. That is correct. Moon. It is the moon. Okay. What did you so, ask at first? I, is it the plates? Is the it plates in the earth, like tectonic plates but okay i i also my 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 thing with the moon was i was like well then it's still but it's still changing during the day but the moon doesn't stop existing just because you can't see it see it right. during the day and so the moon is causing the moon the, the, moon, the moon is the moon is what causes high tides and, and low, low tides, tides. Yeah. okay 
the, the, gra- the gravity the yep. gravity pull of the gravity. Yeah. Not the first time I've started yeah. to sing that on the show. Wow. Yeah. And it won't be the last, probably. What'd you guys think? That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you, Jeff Foxworthy. I, I'm glad I only got dealt one math question and y'all answered it for me. You may be smarter than a fifth grader if you know what the mood <laughs> yeah. is. I like that. Brooks Childress, thank yeah, you once again, absolutely. sir. Thank you once again. Well, you know what we need to do for next time? Tell me. Is find a really hard one, which was always the million dollar question. Uh-huh. At the very end, it was always like something super hard. Uh, like how many countries are in <laughs> North America? <laughs> Harder than that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that one was a a lack of foresight that was on our, tough. our yeah. part. That was tough. All right, uh, before we get out of here, let's do a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, Major League Baseball on FS1. The Milwaukee Brewers and the New York Mets. We need the Brewers to win. 6 o'clock start on FS1. Despicable Me 2 at 6 on Nickelodeon. Uh, We've got the Braves and the Nationals at 6 on Valley Sports South. X-Men, Days of Future Past, also at 6 on FXM. And then Athletes Unlimited Softball, 7 o'clock start on ESPN2. And that is our nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. What a fun edition of Wacky Wednesday. And Tom... We've got those fun stories coming up next week. Absolutely. Uh, I will definitely tell the story of the pincher man. And, uh, find You'll find out, some other things. Find some other. We'll have some other good uh, yeah. truth is better than fiction stories. Six days away from the start of the Thunder Chicken season. And, yeah. Six days and counting. That's right. JJ. Yes, sir. You is smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was clever enough to come up with a response there. Uh, that, that's that's outstanding. Thank you for being here, Ryan. See you. We'll see you soon. Uh, Tom Peavy, yep. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Brooks, I love everything about you. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, that's going to do too. it for today's show. Appreciate everybody for listening. Thanks to Danny Skutak for stopping by. For Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. Good day.